where did our music bed go? I don't know. I was surprised. I was sitting here turning my headphones up like, all right, I still don't hear the music. Something seems weird about this. Mm. Uh-oh. Yeah, we'll see if we can figure out what's going on. Welcome to Free Talk Live. It is a talk radio program where normally we have intro music that appears to not be playing for some reason. It's showing as though it is playing on uh, our system, but... I don't know what the hell happened. Okay, well, there's that at least. And well, I, we can sing. I can see from here that it's not muted on the board, so yeah, I mean, that's the opposite. Strange. We can that's do mouth strange. drums. So uh, anyway, we'll try to figure that out as uh, time goes on, but it appears we are broadcasting the show. So, of course, you can join us and you can talk about absolutely anything that you want to discuss. Uh, the phones are open at 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. 6160 here in the studio tonight. It's Ian. And it's Bonnie. And Aria. Wow. Okay. So, Aria, just moments before the show, I told you about something that I found this weekend. Uh, the latest development in the world of artificial intelligence. And once again, AI is changing the game. There were a lot of people who were saying that. Uh, like a lot of people in the graphics world were saying, oh, Photoshop is is hurting. They're dead. They're going to die because, you know, all these other competitors are coming up and there's all this other cool, you know, like, AI graphic stuff that we've talked about a lot, like Midjourney and Dolly 2 and Stable Diffusion, all these uh, cool things that are out there that allow you to just generate Isn't it imagery. amazing just how short-sighted people are? Because, yeah. like, 20 years ago, these people were like, Photography's dead. Right. Photoshop killed it. Photoshop turns into this cheap trawdry whore, and we hate it. It's terrible. They said the same thing about uh, radio. Uh, you know, video killed the radio star. Yep. There's a song about that, and, and yet radio persists. Radio's still there. Photography is doing just fine. Photoshop didn't kill it. And why wouldn't anybody consider or think that Photoshop would use AI technology to its advantage? I mean, that's pretty obvious. Yeah, it's cool what came it, out. It, yeah, so it seems like they were keeping it to their chest, right? They didn't go out there and say, coming soon. They just released this new update to Photoshop maybe just a few days, like less than a week ago. And you have to pay, you know, I guess a lot of money to have Photoshop. I don't know what it costs, but there's like some sort of monthly fee. Last I looked into it, there's like a $600 flat fee, but that was like 10 years ago. I bet you there's like a, uh, maybe there is a flat fee price and maybe some people pay monthly. I don't know. But well, this anyway. was long before subscription models yeah, took over everything. That's so, probably yeah. it. So uh, anyway, if you're a subscriber to Photoshop, you have to go to the beta Photoshop beta option. I guess that's like a, an option for you. Oh, it's not fully officially released yet. Apparently not. Okay. And then you activate the beta, and then you have access to their new, what they call, generative fill tool. And now this allows you as a uh, an artist or someone who has absolutely zero talent as far as art is concerned, because that's the cool thing about AI artwork is you don't have to know how to do art. You just have to know how to type words. And you type words to tell these generative AI programs what you want to see on the screen. But now this art AI art technology has been integrated into Photoshop, which anybody that's been around, you know, the online world for the last 20 years knows that Photoshop is like the top dog as far as gen, uh, as far as editing imagery is concerned. Yeah, it's curious. Uh, I was never very good with Photoshop, but um 
in the early days of my transition, like right before I'd even started on hormones, I used Photoshop a lot. I would take pictures of myself and then I would do everything I could to, to like feminize my appearance with mm. Photoshop. And I never got very good at it, but it was the only tool that was even capable of doing something like that. I mean, there were other like free tools, like sure. free word things, but they were nowhere near as powerful and nowhere near as capable now as Photoshop Facetune, was. And everyone can do it on their phone on, with Facetune. But if you're good with Photoshop, you're better than the the Snapchat filters because there's a feminize me or masculinize me Snapchat filter. And, and those work pretty so, good. Snapchat's yeah, but, not as good as like um, just doing it on Facetune. Snapchat is like, I don't or know. Or Facetune as well, right? That's if, what I'm talking about. Talking if you're about good with Photoshop, you're better at editing pictures than any of those automatic processes. Sure, but if you're good with Photoshop, you're probably in the top 1% of like computer users. Snapchat right? is like, the automatic kind. Facetune is not. Like Facetune okay. does have like one that's just like, oh, turn me into a little boy or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it also is just like you can just sit there and tweak things all day. That's why like... You always have to assume that a celebrity's body doesn't really look like that because they can literally just be like, hmm, I'm going to do this to my waist, like pull it in and pull my butt out. Right. And so now the other thing you have to assume, and we've been talking about this for some number of years with the rise of deep fakes. That technology has been around now for several years where you can, you know, swap people's heads into like take an actor's head and put it on a different actor or their face and put on a different actor's face and and uh, and do some really amazing stuff. Of course, you know, there's that could affect the 2024 election coming soon where you it's, don't know if it's real or not when you watch it because nice. it's getting that good. And that's an interesting aspect of it. But in regard to selfies, I don't understand the appeal of like Photoshop. And now we're going to see that artificial intelligence doing this of making people prettier or sexier or more attractive than they really are. Right. Because like, eventually someone's going to see them in real life. Yeah, it's like, right. are you doing it to attract a mate? Because they're going to want to meet you in real life. They'll be disappointed yep. if you are faking yourself so much. Yeah. And again, in the early days of my transition, I used that as sort of a coping mechanism, I guess. But mm-hmm. I phased it out. Then I started using the built-in filters on my phone, and then I phased those out. So now if I upload a picture of me, it's, it's just, just straight up me, right? Yeah. And maybe well, it should be. Yeah, maybe with some black and white filtering here mm-hmm. and there or something like that, or some some mild automatic color adjustment or something like that. But that's because when I look at these pictures, I want to know, hey, that's what I actually look like. Mm-hmm. It does me no good and it does my self-esteem no good if I plug one of these pictures into an artificial intelligence and go, make me a 10, right? That, mm-hmm. that doesn't do me any good. I don't understand the mentality of the person who gets something, who gets some sort of ego boost from doing something like I that. I think it's like, okay, like a lot of people, I'm sure it's an ego boost, but I'm at this girl this group of people well my friend had a bunch of friends and i hung out with them for his birthday right and they were all younger than me like first year of college and it was like two years ago so i was like at least like four years older than all of them and this one girl she was like please don't post that picture of me wait till i photoshop it and then you can post it like but it wasn't in a in a like i just want to look really hot kind of way it was in a like I will die if my real <laughs> face gets out there. It's so embarrassing. It, it was crazy to me. She talked about how much anxiety she had all the time. And she's in a sorority and she talked about how much the other girls had like pressure on her. They were constantly competing to be completely perfect. And it was so weird. She I would was have to perfectly fine looking. If, if I was in a conversation with somebody who just wanted to talk about how anxious they were all the time. I just don't care what your problem is. Let's talk about something that is actually meaningful. Let's actually go to the phones here. We got Photoshop. Uh, we'll, we'll continue with Photoshop here in a moment because it's pretty big news. 
Uh, but first, we have someone calling in. Uh, what's your name, caller? Uh, Mikey. Mikey. Oh, it is Mikey. Is this Mikey, Mikey the Snack Jew? Mikey from uh, the Porcupine yeah. Freedom Festival, <laughs> Fork Fest. Uh, you're one of the regular vendors at these uh, summertime camping festivals. Are you calling from New Hampshire tonight? Yes. All right. Welcome, sir. What's on your mind? Well, allegedly, I'm banned from the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Dennis has not explained why, but Whoa. he did message me that I'm not welcome at the festival. That's so weird. I thought that you just weren't like telling us why yet, and you were going to tell us tonight. I, you don't even know why he was banning you? No, I, I have no idea why. This is so weird. And you have not, not even even a speculation as to why? I, I have, I have suggestions from third parties that he's made accusations, but without corroboration from him, I, I don't want to say anything because yeah. I, I have not heard anything from him. Mm. Was this anything that was taking place? Do, you, do you think in any of the Porcupine Freedom Festival chats? Because Dennis also, in whatever little trip he's on disconnected our matrix bridge from the telegram chats whoa so we have i'm not allowed i'm not legally allowed to use telegram so Mm -hmm. i have literally no way of using the porcupine freedom festival chats now and i Mm. I even emailed dennis about this like hey was this a mistake because you know i'm not the only one some of us no longer use telegram some of us like myself aren't legally allowed to use telegram and that it, it serves no purpose to disconnect this bridge, right? So weird. But he did. So I, I would. There's been arguments going on back and forth there about um, Maj Torre, whatever his name the is, the Black Guns Matter activist. And then it moved on to Robert Kennedy and mm-hmm. the gun free zone. And uh, regardless of what happens, it would appear to me that this is the most controversial. Porcupine Freedom Festival I've ever seen from a from a point of view of the organizer making questionable decisions. Can he even just ban someone? I mean, when Ian got banned, it was like a whole board decision of the Free State Project, not just it's a good question. The person who was running Porkfest just deciding that. I That's don't. Not know. entirely clear. I did look at the terms and conditions of the ticket, and it claims that the producers can say someone's not welcome, mm-hmm. but. There are, as I understand it, two producers. The other one is Constance, who I have not had any issues with at all. Well, here's and another here's another technical question. If you're thing. if you're banned from Porkfest, does that actually ban you from the entirety of Rogers Campground? That is another good question they, because por- he did say uh, he did say uh, I will help you. You know, I'll help uh, get your deposit back from Rogers and. I have not been refunded for anything yet, so I don't. I don't. I don't know. Because there was you know, a time. Porkfest would say the answer is yes. I, I bet they would. But there was a time when the Porcupine Freedom Festival rented the entire park, and they had like total dibs on everything. So at that time, I would say that you would have been banned from the entire park. But then a few years ago, and they, I, I would agree with Aria. I would agree with Aria that that this is this is the most bizarre like power trip I've ever seen of organizers. It is and I've bizarre. Been going since 2014. It's bizarre because for one thing, he can't even answer anybody. Like he doesn't feel that he, anyone needs an explanation. Like when I told him like this man, Maj Torre, whatever is literally threatening violence. And that's about the one thing that libertarians are not okay with. Why is he still allowed to come to pork fest? And he was just like, you, you, you don't understand. He didn't really mean that. It, the, the screenshot oh, you're I being have. Negative and, you're being negative and mean, and we can't have that at, 
and his fist. How did that whole thing with Maj re- resolve? Like th- He's still invited to Porkfest, still being paid to come speak at Porkfest for some reason? He's been explicit on Twitter calling well, no, for violence. Dennis doesn't believe that. He explicitly said, if I'm at Porkfest, then Porkfest is my community. Keep that in context, he said, alluding directly to his previous tweet about rolling up to stop drag queens in his community. To he assault said he was going people to who, assault yeah. anyone who was involved in a drag there queen. Was but no he's not banned, but Mikey, who's about never it. threatened violence against anyone, is. Have you, Mikey? Nope. I didn't think so. Yeah, I am curious. And so I actually did reach out to Dennis, who is the organizer of uh, the Porcupine Freedom Festival this year. And I, I let him know. I said, there's a rumor going around. Uh, that Mikey has been banned from Porkfest. And I said, ha- is there a statement that uh, that you have about this? Because I want to get both sides. If there's, There must be another side to this. Apparently, you don't even know, Mikey, the reason you've been banned. And that seems like a strange thing to do, to tell someone they're not welcome somewhere and then not give them an explanation as to why. So I did give him a heads up. I, I mean, I, I gave it to him uh, within the last couple hours, but he has seen the messages according to uh, the delivery notices here on Twitter, and I have not yet heard back from him uh, on this. When I have invited him to come talk about the previous controversies and you know promote Porkfest, because what I've said about the controversies thus far, and I'm not sure about this one yet because we don't know enough to, to make a decision, but the previous ones, the Maj Tour controversy and the fact that they're inviting scumbag politicians to speak on the main stage... Uh, I've said, look, I'm not saying anyone should boycott this event uh, because I think overall it is still a good event. I have my disagreements with, you know, how they're programming the the main stage content, but ultimately Porkfest isn't about what's on the main stage. It's about the two to three thousand people who are there, and are there a lot of them are first time visitors here in New Hampshire and giving them a good impression of the community here. So I mean, there's a reason to still attend the uh, the event. The, so the funniest thing here is he got. Uh, I understand he got upset that I insinuated he was a dictator, but the best way to prove that you're not a dictator is to start banning people. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's crazy. Uh, I mean, this guy's like a, an egotistical narcissist of levels I've never seen before. I well, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go and, and do name calling. I, I do it's think... name calling. It's like <laughs> okay, telling well. how someone's behaving. I mean, if you were being rude, I could say you're being rude, and it wouldn't be name calling. Sure, I, and I think that there has been a history over the years of Porcupine Freedom Festival organizers who normally would be very good libertarians. Well, as soon as they get a little bit of power, they, they start to kind of change their behavior. And not an excuse. No, I'm not. I'm not making it as an excuse. I just think that uh, that's what happens. And it seems to be when they get used to having that power as well. Because you don't think they do it their first year out. I, I don't think Dennis would have done this two years ago. I mean, mm-hmm. he certainly didn't ban anyone two years ago or mm-hmm. last year. I was friendly year. with him two years ago. Mm-hmm. We were very good. We were very friendly. Like, what was it? 2021. Got along very well. I. I don't know what happened. And the, the other thing about it is Mikey isn't just like an attendee who, you know, just is there to drink beers and enjoy the, the place. He brings value to Porkfest because he cooks every year. He's also yeah. a vendor. I mean, he's got snacks then. 24 uh, hours. That's right? what I meant. Yeah. Where he you cooks, can just go right? by and that's grab a snack and drop a dollar bill in. Oh, that's actually where I think this started to some extent, because last year, uh, you know, I've run my snack stand for several years and last year. There was, I usually have like a little bit of shrink, but last year there was $300 worth of shrink, which oh, was no. about half of the total sales. Wow. And wow. I raised Shocking. this issue 
I raised this issue in the Telegram chat, and he said, "Stop being negative. Most of the festival is great." And I said, "No, I want to be. I want this. Wow. You know, I'm not expecting to be compensated, but you know, acknowledge that there's an issue here with the growth of the festival. Yeah, it's great. We have more people, but I think with it's become a little bit unwieldy because there's mm. just so many people here, and then." You know, it went well, from conservatives Gestapo don't believe security, in the nap, so... The non-aggression principle? Right. Yeah, that too. It, and it went from, like, a real Gestapo checkpoints where they would, like, in, like really, you know, check you over to absolutely nothing. And I think just having, like, a little person at a gate there would keep the townies out from coming in who don't respect liberty and they, they don't understand it. Because it used to be you could leave your laptop or a gold bar out and it would be there the next day. Mm -hmm. And he banned me from the Telegram chat and then kept banning me progressively from additional chats, and now the Facebook group, and now the festival, so. And, jeez. Um, what was the, I know you don't know why he did all of this, but what was the subject of the discussions that you had been having recently? I haven't said much recently, to be honest. Well, apparently you called him a dictator. Him he said he called him a dictator at some point, right? So maybe, maybe. Well, he... I've insinuated that in, in, in parts, but. I mean, then I, don't act like a dictator. I don't know. That's I easy. Mean, the only thing I've heard from other people is that he's accusing me of disrupting one of his hub chat, like Jitsis or something, or Zoom chats, and I did not do that. Hmm. And well, I said that to to uh, Constance, and he just believes that it was me. And even if you did ban, ban you from Zoom, my... <laughs> right? And you know, e even if it, even if that was the case. That's not a reason to ban someone for pork fest, especially not without saying, you know, like, hey, stop doing this. But I didn't I didn't do it. I don't even know who did it or if it even happened. <laughs> uh, we got uh, our one of our chatters, Jay. He says the owner of Rogers will pretty much do anything that pork fest requests them to do. They depend on the income to break even for the year. So he's suggesting that uh, a ban from pork fest may indeed translate into a ban from Rogers. But that yeah, that's. That's the way it's run now, I think, is that if the organizers say this guy's got to be, you know, trespassed, then then Crosby will do that. But, you but know, it's this, unnecessary. This is totally unprecedented. Yeah. Well, no, it's not unprecedented. Than, um, I mean, they've they banned people before. They banned Ian and they have Christopher Well, yeah, they've Cantwell's banned people banned. before, but it was, for, you know, there were more people, like, there are people who hate me who are defending me now. Mm -hmm. hmm. they, I, so I could is, see why they would put like they would drunk but, at a campground. This is not like what Ian was accused of. Well, we don't and even know what that you're being accused either. of. I'm, I mean, it I'm seems not like... even. I'm not even saying that you deserve that, but you know, this is this is. No but one's agreeing. There's with not him. a board going and voting. It just seems like it's just Dennis DMing you. So yeah, it's kind of. It does seem well, a little. Well, Porkfest is his. That's his claim. Yeah. Which is obviously not true. He's just the organizer of this. He didn't put up his own money to do this. It's the Free State Project. They have a budget uh, for this. And I, I would, if I were you in this case, I would go ahead and, uh, you know, push the boundaries and see if, like, okay, fine, you've banned me from Porkfest, so I won't come to the pavilion and the, the, the bowl area, which is where the official pork fest is. For the last few years... Well, that's the way the rational person views it. But Dennis right. was clear, I think, two years ago, mm -hmm. when he said that we were behaving like drunken teenagers, encouraging people to sneak in or whatever by suggesting that pork fest happened down at the bottom of the hill. Hmm. But it oh, did happen I down at the that. bottom oh, I know. of the hill. <laughs> and that's the big change that they made a few years ago, which was the best thing they could possibly do. I mean, to take people back... Just four or five years ago, they 
what was it? It must have been 20, was it 2019, I think, when there was, for years, there's been this area of Porkfest called Agora Valley, where it's like the, the first few rows of the RV area. It's kind of close to the pavilion area. That's been the hot zone. That's where if you want to, you know, you want to sell the most hamburgers or whatever it is that you're going to be doing, your vendor booth, you want to be in that area. That's, I think it was 2018. No, because I was there. It, I wasn't okay. there in 2018, and the year I was there for the year that this happened, okay. where there was a migration of the vendors. They all agreed because the Porcupine Freedom Festival was becoming so controlling at that time. You know, for a freedom festival, it had become this place with all these rules, and you had to pay extra just to get in the Agora Valley spots. And then there was all these vendor rules that came with it, and it was just getting oppressive. And so the vendors yeah, so have been complicated. And yeah, then so a lot, you a lot of people this? left. And for those of us who stayed, it was like there was no foot traffic anymore. Well, mm. right. If you remember the year of the final, the final year where this finally blew up, uh, there was essentially the vendors who were there regularly came together outside of pork fest. And they said, we're going to set up our own vendor zone. It's going to be out of Agora Valley. That way we don't have to pay the extraction essentially the pork fest tax uh, to be in that specific spot. And they set up their own row, uh, like two rows of the RV uh, site that was, you know, like maybe six or seven rows down. So it was well out of the Agora Valley area. So they weren't paying extra. And then they just started putting up bandit signs to let everybody know. I think they called it where it's at. (laughs) And that's where literally everyone went. There were maybe two or three vendors who didn't get the memo and had set up in the Agora Valley, and it was like completely empty. There was no one vending there anymore, and it was the basically the market telling Porkfest, y'all effed up, and we're just going to go take our marketplace over here. In fact, some of the vendors from that had messed up unknowingly and set up in Agora Valley, they contacted the park and said, we want to move out to where everybody else is. Yeah, <laughs> so I can't moved, say I blame them. Yeah, they moved their sites, and it was after that year that Porkfest made the right move and they said, you know what, we're not going to rent the whole park anymore. We're just going to rent the pavilion area. We're just going to rent the bowl area. Uh, Mikey, did you have more that you wanted to say about this? Yeah, just a little bit more. Stand by. Uh, Mikey's with us here. He's one of the regular vendors at Porkfest. He says he's been banned. In the meantime, you're welcome at Porkfest. Indeed, Porkfest is going to go on. We should should talk about that. Uh, Coming up here, the number 603-283-6160. Porkfest did some decentralization and it made it a better event. I want to talk about why they didn't go far enough coming up free talk live is brought to you by dash digital cash dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending in 2022 dash launched a killer app that allows you to spend dash at over 155,000 locations across the united states including major retailers and you get a discount for paying with dash finally a reason to spend your crypto it's called dash direct Get it on your Apple or Android app store. The stores on Dash Direct each offer their own discount level, but some are as high as 8 to 9% off. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. Thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. Dash.org. 
This is Free Talk Live with our mystery music uh, just not being present. Yeah, I didn't even notice the lack of outro music. However, I definitely noticed the lack of an incoming intro bed. Whatever it's called. I mean, they're, they're music beds, but did we have outro? Yeah, you know what? Good question. I didn't even, I didn't register it either. <laughs> I didn't either. <laughs> We're professionals that. here at Free Talk Live. Uh, but the, the commercials have been playing. Okay, well, that's but good. But the music hasn't been that playing. That would help solve a bit strange. of the mystery, though, to find yeah. it. Okay, note to self. Uh, Bonnie's muted. Oh, I Bonnie, see what happened. Bonnie's still muted. I see what happened. Sorry, yeah. Okay, somebody hit the, oh, wait. somebody hit one of the buttons on the board. Oh, it was muted? Yeah, the music was, uh, it was technical issue here. It was playing, it just wasn't making it to our headphones. Okay, so, but they, but people out there were hearing it. I think so. Okay. Maybe. Well, <laughs> oh my God, that makes us look even dumber. <laughs> well, I mean, no, we could evaluate the situation closely, it's determine whether or not it went out there, but yeah. It's hard. It, not actually calling you dumb. Yeah, it's, it's hard. Just it's funny. hard to uh, do technical things while you're trying to host a show right. because obviously hosting the show is the most important thing. Uh, and hopefully we're going to have some shows from the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Maybe. Indeed. Uh, I mean, Aria, you're planning on going. I think I the captain, uh, Captain Kickass, is planning on going. Mark may be coming to town for this. So we're still trying to figure out what's going to happen with me. I've still got to have a meeting with my attorney tomorrow about whether or not that's going to even be on the table. Uh, so we'll let you know as that develops what that will look like. I think it's going to be a pretty last minute uh, outing to figure out who's going to be on and when and, and all those well, details. But. I'm used to hosting it there. Uh, doing it daily without you there to do it with is a bit of an ask because... Yeah. I mean, it just makes it a lot easier to have someone there who's like professional and ready to go at any time, but can carry on a three hour conversation easily. Right. So right. I, don't, I don't know about having one every day if you're not there, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it works out. But uh, hopefully Free Talk Live will have some sort of presence. We are definitely going to have a presence at ForkFest, and that is the decentralized alternative to the Porcupine Freedom Festival. It was something that came out in uh, the year of 2017. And it uh, is decentralized in that there's no tickets for ForkFest. You just get your RV site, your campsite, or your motel room from Rogers Campground. I suspect there's still some availability for ForkFest. I know the Porcupine Freedom Festival, the campground, is sold out. Bonnie found this out over the weekend. Uh, she was trying to uh, get a campsite for one of her organizations that she works with, and they had to get on uh, a waiting list at this point. Oh, yeah, and wow. I was like number 15. So yeah, the campsites, so uh, it's not gonna happen. campsites and RV sites, and I'm sure motel rooms are all sold out on the campground. But I'm luckily, sure motel- there are Porkfest, um, Matrix, and Telegram rooms. I suggest joining the Telegram room because if you need to DM someone, most likely they're on the Telegram side. Anyways, uh, you can go in there and just say, hey, I need to... Put up a t- tent. This is what I have. This is how many people I have, and somebody will uh, haggle with you about. Yeah, there's people willing to share. On their there's s- people site. willing to rent their sites. So I mean, we're already good. I, I I'm just going to stay on the waiting list because if it came open, that'd be interesting. Yeah, you just too, have but... to be open to talking to people. I mean, if yeah. you don't have, if you if you if you want to get a ticket to the Porcupine Freedom Festival and you don't have a place to stay on the campsite, just go walk around and talk to people, or do what Bonnie did and get in the chat rooms in advance and ask for help and. Usually there's somebody who'll say, yeah, I got plenty of room. Come on. Because there are technically limits to how many people are supposed to be on a campsite, but it seems like the campground doesn't really enforce those limits during... Yeah, they don't seem to care. Uh, ...during the festival. I mean, the harder they come down on the Porcupine Freedom Festival, the more they push them away. Them. And they, yeah. yeah, they don't like that. Well, I, my people, for the record, aren't going to sleep on a thing that is too 
crowded or anything, they're going to sleep at the Free Talk Live one and table at the other okay. one. And I would, I have to agree with Bonnie that joining the Telegram chat is the way to go. I wish that wasn't the case, but someone disconnected the mm. Telegram chat from our Strange. Matrix server, so you can't. Oh, I'm in a different one. It's called like Porkfest Agora that okay. has a nice. Matrix bridge. So I got uh, Mikey on the line with us here. He is one of the regular vendors for years, not quite a decade, but most of a decade. Uh, at the Porcupine Freedom Festival and also at Forkfest, you've got like a little snack tent that you do. You do some cooking uh, on demand as well there. And uh, Mikey, you say you received a ban message. Someone, someone claiming to be the organizer of the Porcupine Freedom Festival messaged you and said that you were banned from the event. But yet you have yet to actually have a meaningful conversation with anyone about this ban, what the reasons for the ban were. And so we were just talking. Are you still with us there, Mikey? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. We were just talking about how the Porcupine Freedom Festival was sort of forced by the marketplace to do some decentralization. I believe it was 2019 when they made this uh, they made this decision, or actually, it was 2019 when the uh, the vendors made the decision to protest the Porcupine Freedom Festival's vendor restrictions and vendor costs by just abandoning the vendor area entirely and just setting up their own. Were you a part of that? Do you remember when that, that happened? I, I th- Well, actually, first I wanted to say the outro did work, but the intro did not. Just okay, so thank know. you. I appreciate um, it. But the, the, I think it was 2018 that everyone abandoned. I think, I think what's his name? Um, Herschel, I think, was the one who did the where it's at thing mm-hmm. a few rows down. And Oh, wow. And some people moved there, and then those of us who stayed in in Agora Valley, not knowing this, were hung out to dry, and there was like no foot traffic. Right. And so, I think in 2019 is when they, you know, the market spoke, and they they pulled back, and and also the uh, what was it? the uh, vendor coordinator changed over, and the guy who was running it, Sean, uh, improved things a lot. So he made it a lot more. You know, he didn't want to deal with all the hassle and dealing with that stuff, so he just said i just want to know you know who's where and you know write it down that's about it no extra charges nothing mikey i've seen the screenshot that you allegedly received from dennis pratt right and it says very clearly you are not welcome not you are not allowed now look and this Mm. is an important distinction because i'm not welcome at the Republican convention here in New Hampshire. <laughs> but I'm absolutely, I'm being serious, but I'm absolutely yeah. allowed to go. That's true. I'm not welcome there. They don't want me there, but they, they, they have not to banned me. Yeah, and yeah. this message does not say you are not allowed. It just says you're not welcome. Right. And then But he, it does say that he'll refund your ticket. So I think that, well, I mean, it different. is just implied. The ticket right, is different but. from the amount you pay to... The campground to actually have the spot. The ticket from he didn't say ticket. Sorry, I I didn't mean to say ticket. He said we'll work with Rogers to refund you your deposit. Your deposit. Well, maybe you don't need that kind of help. Maybe uh, you don't want to work with uh, them to work with Rogers. Maybe Rogers wants you to be there. Who knows? Well, I mean, if he were if he were willing to work with me, he could reach out to me in the first place to work with me and you know head this off in the first place. Yeah, that's strange. Even the 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 accusations that I that he made in that I alluded to earlier, I actually just remembered that I submitted a hub like a month ago, April 28th or 29th for the Jewish libertarians thing. And he refused to post. I noticed he refused to put on the map or the list. And Mm -hmm. then my Jewish events were not put on the uh, schedule. My tours that I've done the past few years were originally on the schedule and he has since removed them. 
Weird. Yep, so it was a whole this... month ago that he refused to put them on the map? Yeah, so even though he's making these claims that something I allegedly did, which I absolutely deny, uh, he was preventing me from interacting with Porkfest even that, uh, earlier than that. Mm-hmm. So what he's claiming now is not possible. Breaking, really. does Dennis Pratt hate Jewish people? Me. Oh, I don't know about that. but uh, This all does seem very <laughs> petty and childish, It seems though. like a personality I mean, conflict uh, that you know, maybe you got on his, his bad but side. But, like, he's like a mainstay at Porkfest. He was one of the first people I met at mm-hmm. the Porcupine Freedom Festival. He's been there vending every single year that I've gone, and it's... Yeah, I remember. I remember when Will Will Coley brought you, and I, I, to be honest, I didn't care for you at first, but I consider you one of my closest friends now. I appreciate that, and I'm accustomed to that. You know, people are like, I don't know about this person, mm-hmm. and you know, I win them over. And it wasn't, even, it wasn't even the way you presented. It wasn't even your, you know, gender thing. It was you just. I think you were just really hopped up on stuff, and and it just was allegedly. That was you know. I'm, I I was on a lot I, I don't, of I don't, monster. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know how to tell that stuff. Yeah. But just kidding. Well, it's always awkward your first year into any new group, and whenever you That's come true. into a whether it's a convention or it's the Porcupine Freedom Festival, you're the new guy or the new gal or whatever, and you get introduced to people or you meet some people, but it's not the same as coming back for the next year. When then you know, then it's like, oh hey, here's people I know. I feel comfortable, and now I'm meeting more new people, and because the people that I've met last year are now introducing me to new people, so it's always awkward that that first year out. I mean, I remember when I, I think the first time I met you, Aria, was we were dancing at uh, the the party tent or whatever during one of the the raves that was going on. I don't know if I, I don't know if I even met you at that time. Just we were in the same tent yeah. uh, together. But, um, you know, you weren't the most outgoing, I don't think, person at that, at that no, time. No, I'm pretty shy, especially yeah. around new people. Well, right. Aria hates electronic music. I don't hate well, it. She was in there. <laughs> it's probably very upset. Just kidding. So, uh, Mikey, I, like I said, if, if, if it were me in this case, I would go ahead and test the boundaries of this and say... I, I fully intend to. I've been offered sanctuary by numerous people, so I guess if he wants <laughs> nice. to ban half the festival, he can he can do so, but... Plenty, I mean, they're, they would have to inspect every car, basically, to make sure I don't get in. Oh, I sure. Well, they, they did that. that back. They, yeah, did they did that, that with Chris Cantwell before. I will also say, you know, if if a if a snack Jew stand just appears at the Free Talk Live site, <laughs> you know, I, I wouldn't object, right? So you're not telling people, just to clarify, you're not asking for anybody to boycott the event or anything like that? No, no, and I, I encourage people to buy tickets because I don't like when people people say, oh, I'm not going to buy a ticket because I don't support what they're doing. Mm-hmm. The t- th- this event barely makes a profit if it does, and a lot of the infrastructure like the porta-potties and the extra facilities they do does cost money, so I do encourage people to buy tickets, and I, I don't want people sneaking in like that with no tickets, So it's and I don't want people disrupting things either because I've been accused of disrupting things, and, and I mean, that could be a point-of-view things, but, you know, know what's a reasonable thing to do so please buy please buy tickets if you're gonna go are you going to be attending uh fork fest from june 15th through 18th i plan to okay i plan to be there for the weekend yeah i think i think it's i think it's gonna put the park in a kind of a weird spot right because you've reserved the 15th sorry isn't it the 16th 17th 18th uh, 15, I'll have to check that. I thought it was the 15th. the 19th is the first day of Porkfest, which is the Monday. Right. We've been saying 15th or the 18th, so I think 18th, yeah, I think 18th is Thursday the Thursday. Oh. I think it's Thursday. Whatever you want it to be. 
Yeah, I it, just it didn't is know. Forkfest. It's however long you want to go. I didn't know people show up on the Thursday if it's a weekend. Well, I mean, it, it used to be a seven-day event, so it's just kind of like a long weekend, I mean, basically. His, his whole week is going to be occupied trying to locate me and and all kinds of insane things. I mean, people could call in Mikey sightings everywhere, and, and mm. you know, there's more important things than, than, than dealing with me. So, you know, if he just ignored me in the first place, it probably would have, you know, beyond the... Uh, fact that he ignored me over the thefts and stuff but if you know if he stopped banning me from everything it wouldn't have escalated to just this. call him and yeah. say i just saw a yarmulke peering out through the bushes <laughs> it went away faster than i could catch him and i mean you definitely haven't threatened violence or haven't threatened to assault anyone and to me that's threatening to violate the non-aggression principle is one of the few things worthy of well, being banned yeah, it's not like to the Dennis. guy that threatened violence is going to be on the main stage speaking being maj paid to speak maj tour is going to be speaking from the pavilion from the official main stage after not only threatening violence threatening to assault anyone that has a drag queen story hour on uh the pork fest on the entire campground property but not even apologizing or acting like he made a mistake or he's doubled down, in fact. Oh, but Dennis talked to him privately and privately he said he wasn't serious. Oh, yeah. Or I didn't mean he, that exactly. And then he also said he was willing to have a conversation with people at Porkfest about it. And I said, well, why should we wait? Let's have a conversation right now. Here's my, you know, nationally syndicated radio show. We'd love to have you on to clarify what you meant by that. Since you're willing to have a conversation. He doesn't like to have conversations he can't control. No, and he turned us down, actually. I invited him on more than one occasion. Invitation's yep. still open if he decides to change his mind. That's both of them, too. Dennis and Maj That's Tor. true. There's an invitation uh, to Dennis uh, as well to come on the show, and he actually sort of declined, but not really. He said that he wanted to be on a podcast. Yeah, which and, is a weird thing to... And right. I, I said, on the well, internet too. we have uh, fewer breaks than ever. We used to have four breaks an hour. We'd only have two. So if you were to come on for an hour of Free Talk Live, there's only actually one break to interrupt you, right? It's the bottom yeah. of the hour break. That's the only one that uh, would interrupt. So we can get really deep into conversations like we were never able to do prior to this year. And I pointed that out to him, I think, and he hasn't really like, you know, taken me up on the offer i don't know why he would want to just be on a podcast beyond just the format because there's more well, we listeners. could easily do a freer talk live that we he could. could tune in and listen to and I, something hmm. tells me he still wouldn't be willing to do it well, maybe i should make that offer to him at this point because like you know why wouldn't you want to be on a radio show when you can reach more people i mean i mean most podcasts only like half an hour long anyway it's like i said i that's a great point and, uh, you know, I don't I don't I don't think people should boycott this event. I didn't even think people should boycott the event when they banned me from uh, the Porcupine Freedom Festival. I actually wrote an article at Free Keen about how, well, I can't go, but you should still go because despite whatever personality conflicts there might be there, there's still going to be a thousand really cool people there that, you know, a lot of them yep. you're going to get along with. So you should go and meet them. So I'm glad that you're also still supportive of the event. I'm glad you're going to be at Fork Fest, which is happening June 15th through the 18th. And that is essentially the pre-party for the Porcupine Freedom Festival this year. It used to be after the Porcupine Freedom Festival for the last few years. You can go to forkfest.party to learn more about that event. And uh, Mikey, was there anything else you wanted to share with us tonight? Not really. I think that's, that was basically the message I want to get across. And it, maybe Dennis will come on now because he'll have to do some damage control because I'm sure a lot of people heard this and are going to be not too happy about it. Thank you for the call tonight. I, I appreciate it. And I hope cooler heads can prevail on this and maybe there can be some kind of, you know, 
Well, it's Dennis has been all Thanks for the Buddhist comment. Bobby Hill on social media and oh, I am great and holy and we should all live in peace and love all over the place. So where is that in this particular scenario, right? <sighs> I, I guess I, it's easier to say, oh, we must. F- I'm so happy to see you people have found middle ground and walking around like mm-hmm. Bobby Hill thinking he's the Dalai mm-hmm. Lama, but maybe actually apply some of that. And I use that example because in one of the episodes, Bob, Bobby Hill of King of the Hill, he thought he was the Dalai Lama. And he said something, one of his friends accused another of playing only sharps. And he says, well, then you should play only flats and together it will be harmony. And of course, that's not at all the way that music works. And it's a completely useless thing It's to just like said. a saying that he thought sounded deep. Right. He mm. thought it sounded wise and deep and meaningful, but it wasn't. And that's a lot of what I've seen from Dennis Pratt's sort of meditative like not meditative uh his sort of messages along those lines on on twitter and social media it's, uh, well a lot of seems... times people fail to reach the levels that they would like people to aspire to um uh, the old saying is don't ever meet your um your icons right the, the, the people you're, yeah. your heroes right because they're only going to to disappoint you before we move on from the king the whole thing i just want to say my favorite part of that episode is when uh hank is mad at bobby and he says buddhist liar <laughs> Like, I haven't taken it personally. My favorite part is when he walks into the bedroom and he sees Bobby sitting there going, mm, and he's like, no, God dang it, no way. <laughs> Dennis has thrown around some Meditating. insults uh, online towards Bonnie and I. And I, I personally, I don't take it uh, personal. I understand that he is doing a job that I wouldn't wish on anyone. He's trying to organize. The, Not an excuse. It's like, your okay, job is stressful. I'm not Therefore, saying it's you an can... excuse. I'm just explaining why I understand. And so I understand that somebody who's under a lot of stress can snap, right? Somebody but who's... But it's like throughout the day, you don't have any moment of clarity and apologize for the things you're doing or stop the things you're doing or ch- look well, like at I said, it maybe objectively. Maybe he will be able to uh, do that and apologize to Mikey and, and welcome him back. I don't know. I don't know how personal this is. I don't know if is. he can admit that he's wrong at this point, I right? don't know. Yeah, I don't know if he can you know, save face or, or whatever. But I get that being in the position of organizer of the world's most popular, most attended Liberty Festival, which is what the Porcupine Freedom Festival is. For a time, it was an Arcapulco. An Arcapulco did have that uh, sort of title. This and year that- they kind of had a weird outdoors one pavilion. I don't know. It, this year, an Arcapulco was like a weird outdoors hidden. Oh, yeah, yeah. They left hidden, the hotels. They yeah, were they in a hotel. It just looked so much like it had declined but i've never been i thought to it looked one. cool i wished i could have uh, been there for it but anyway my, my what i want to point out is doing the organizing of that is stressful i mean there's a lot of certainly but it doesn't have to be right and like last year was supposed to be dennis's last year of doing it okay. not all alone they, they seem to be having a hard time finding anyone who wants to do it because as you mentioned the job sucks a, but they don't have to do it That's all they the have point. to do is like all right these are the dates have a good time. That's the point. That's what I wanted to say was that I think that's where they, the Porcupine Freedom Festival still dropped the ball, even though they did the right thing and they decentralized the camping area. So they, as I was explaining earlier, the vendors, they had a protest in 2018 or 2019 and they went to their own area of the campground and Porkfest said, oh crap, no one's in our designated vending area. This has completely failed. So fine, we'll just let it go. And they stopped reserving the entire park at that point, and they only reserved the pavilion area, which is like sort of the focus. It's the main area. 
They reserve that area with the campground, and then they program the official Porkfest program there, and then there's just whatever happens in the park. There's all this other stuff that happens, and the Free State Project does try to kind of keep track of it, so you can you can inform them that, oh, I'm going to set up this thing on this site. It's going to be our hub, and it's going to focus on cryptocurrency, or we're going to set up this other hub over here. It's going to focus on secession. And, and there's a lot of this, by the there's way, a lot. The, for the last two years especially. I mean... Last year, there was a movie being played on, on a giant yep. projector. There's a, There was a fireside hub or something like that where they all were doing speeches. Stuff. There were podcast places. There's like places. the Christian was, hub, yeah. and there's all kinds of stuff. And so that was the right move, to decentralize yep. that, to stop charging for the prime locations, and just let the market handle it. Let people you know, contact the campground and pay for their site and just have that off the table of Porkfest entirely. But what you're saying, Arya, is they should have gone further— and they should have said, you know what, we're not even going to do any kind of official program or anything. Well, they could provide an app, right? If they, if they Which they do have that, done in the past. Yeah, uh, provide a decentralized, I don't remember what, Eventify, what's it, Eventify? One Is this of, the one that you hired? Yeah. Uh, one of them was very good at this, and there was the capacity to allow other people to add their own events to it. It, mm. it, it took some backdoor maneuvering to make it happen, yeah. but still, you with the with the Porcupine Freedom Festival's money, they they could pay to have this sort of thing done, and then sure. they just have this app where you can add your own events to it, and then they don't even have to manage it. That would have been the ideal, a uh, sort of a decentralized app or something like that. Maybe it doesn't exist, but there's a bunch of programming geeks within the Free State Project. They could have rolled something up eventify I mean, doesn't do that unless you make every user an administrator and then you do still have to have someone who makes them an administrator when they signed up that's the only yeah. real thing right you couldn't just create an account and start doing it but as you mentioned they they have someone there who could make that happen they, they certainly do so they could have done that eventbrite is that it no, uh, that, no, they it just was sell tickets. It was a Ventify that we oh. used. Yeah, so they could have just said like Firefly. They could have just stepped back from the pavilion and said, "Look, we'll let somebody else rent the pavilion. Hey, anybody else want to rent the pavilion? You get the top dog, top place. You get to schedule whatever you want to schedule in there. You know, maybe a, a sponsor like Reason.com or whatever would have come in and then then it was in the Reason Pavilion and they would have scheduled whatever speakers Which they want. Which has happened there. in years past. My I think I think it was my second year at the Porcupine Freedom Festival when they when they returned to the media room upstairs. They it was the Dash Pavilion with a giant Dash banner on the side. Yeah, it was of it. still programmed by the Free State Project. It was still it rented was. by the Free State Project. So I was talking. I'm talking about where the Free State Project would have nothing to do with programming it or even renting it. Now the argument for the Free State Project doing some level of organization would be like, okay, but who's going to bring in the extra bathrooms? That's something that they do now, and the question is, would Rogers the, Campground? Would, well, would Why they? couldn't they just do that and other little things that like an event would need without doing everything else? That yeah, you're, that's true, and they like, could have done why that. Why couldn't they, they just do that? Yeah, they could do that. They could and are just they really do the necessary. Hmm? Are the are the porta potties really necessary? I think I've heard that they are. I've heard they are because like the water will get all used up, and I don't know. Yeah, the, okay. the bathrooms can only handle so much traffic. Uh, okay. basically that. So, uh, so yeah, what you're saying, Bonnie, is that they could still kind of do have the necessities, tickets. the bare necessities. They could still do some of the simple bare necessities. The infrastructure, I guess, would be the the terminology there, and then just let the market handle all the programming. Because the big controversy before Mikey getting banned this year was the Maj Tour threats, which the organizer did nothing about. 
and and then also the fact that there's going to be these thug politicians like RFK Jr. and Vivek and Ramaswamy uh, and Tulsi. And Whoa, I didn't know she's going to be there. Yeah, she's going to be there. And then Larry Elder is going to be there as well. All these national politicians are going to be there speaking from the main stage, which, in my opinion, is a bad look. I mean, I think... Uh, and it makes to... libertarians happy. And that, that's the part that Why? concerns Why me about that this. Because libertarians happy? I feel like it that... legitimizes them. I haven't like, seen oh, that look. many that it makes happy. Like, it obviously makes Dennis Pratt happy. But I, most people I've seen responding to this, even like the LPNH types that I usually disagree with, have been like, this is ridiculous. Why are you doing this? If you do this, like the only thing we're going to do is go in there to make him look bad. I don't see awesome. anybody saying like, I well, want good. I want to, yay, I just can't wait to hear him. I don't know. There's Not more a lot. coming up. Uh, you can join the show here. The number is 603-283-6160. More on AI coming up. Some of you have wanted to support Free Talk Live's mission on a monthly basis, but don't want to support Patreon. Now we have an alternative that also helps our premier streaming platform, Odyssey. Visit video.freetalklive.com and click join at the top of the channel. You can subscribe for $5 per month, and unlike other subscription services, Odyssey adds their processing fee on top, so it'll cost a little over $5 per month, but Free Talk Live will receive the entire amount you pledged. Higher donation tiers are available if you're feeling so inspired. You'll get a special membership badge that's visible in the Odyssey chat room, and if we get enough supporters, we may enable members-only chat. This new subscription method is a great way to decentralize our direct listener support away from just Patreon and also support a libertarian-run business, Odyssey. Please visit video.freetalklive.com and click join to subscribe to our Odyssey channel and help support spreading our message around the planet. Visit video.freetalklive.com and click join today. Free Talk Live. Talk live. You can join the show if you want to bring up whatever you want to discuss. You can join us at 603 283 6160. We started the show talking about the latest development in artificial intelligence, and that is that Photoshop, the world's most noteworthy and sort of acclaimed program for graphic editing, graphic design, has now integrated. Artificial intelligence, generative artwork, technology, and it's really impressive. I have not yet had the chance to use it. I'm not a Photoshop expert by any means. I am, like, barely able to find my way around in that program. But this looks like it's relatively easy to kind of pick up and use. Maybe just a brief tutorial well, that's and, the beauty of AI, right? You don't mm-hmm. have to be good at any particular thing. You just have to be able to tell AI what, what to you do. want it to do. Yeah. Uh, we can talk more about that coming up here. Uh, and in case e- you thought I was being sarcastic, no, that's a wonderful thing. Yep, I agree. It, it opens up the opportunity for, in this case, graphic design to people who previously had zero to little technical prowess as far as how to get this stuff done. Uh, anyway, we can talk more about that. It's Ian, Bonnie, and Aria here in the studio tonight as we kick off the second hour. Let's go to the phone. Stephen is in northwest Georgia. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Stephen. Hey, so um, I've looked at, like, coming up to New Hampshire before, like, moving there. I've looked at, you know, coming to the festivals and seeing how things interact. But so I'm confused now. Who runs? Like, is there an organization that runs the Porcupine Freedom Festival? Uh, yes, that would be the Free State Project. 
Okay, so the Free State Project, so the people that are telling, that are publishing these YouTube videos of the 100 reasons to move to New Hampshire and calling themselves the most libertarian group on planet Earth, I think, at one point. That's cringy. I didn't know they called themselves that, but sure. I mean, I think they did the 101 reasons thing or the 100 reasons. I think that was them. But yes, it is the Free State Project that runs the Porcupine Freedom Festival. So those people are now saying that some people can be enacted with violence? I'm sorry, what was the question? It was a strangely formatted question. Uh, You're referring to the Maj Tour controversy. Maj Tour is a... A uh, self-proclaimed libertarian, although I don't think he would qualify at all. He's a gun rights most, activist, right? Yeah, even by the most expansive definition of libertarian. I mean, he's a he's good on guns, and it seems like that's about it. Um, he apparently supports reparations, which is not a particularly libertarian thing unless it's done voluntary, uh, voluntarily. And he's just he's not very libertarian on a lot of things, including he doesn't understand the non-aggression principle. Because he believes that it's totally fine uh, for him to come in and physically attack someone, to, quote, assault someone, uh, if they're doing something that he doesn't agree with. In this particular case, it was reading books to children while wearing drag. And it's completely crazy. That That is a completely crazy perspective. But I posted something recently on Twitter that got, like, 1400 retweets or something like that and a lot of comments and what i learned from mm-hmm. the comments is that conservatives all make exactly the same talking point about this trans thing is that mutilating children's genital and that's it they don't even know the very basics of what this discussion is about because it's not about mutilating children's genitals that's never been the part of the conversation well, they also he like to, to yell grooming but yep. they and and when you argue with them that's what they call you that's their go-to response for everything which completely makes it meaningless like, but it's the same thing that he's doing here with it we saw conan doing here back on when he was still on the show they they don't even know what a drag queen is nope. exactly he tried to make it worse than it is in later comments so that way he could justify his stance he said listen if you're reading sexual material to children then i'm gonna assault you because i'm protecting the children but for one thing it's still a non-aggression principle um, violation because of the fact that if a kid, if a parent wants to consent to their kids taking a sexual education class from a drag queen, that's none of your business. It, even if they're like five, it, it's none what... of your business. Some people, parents just talk openly about sex. When I was yeah. a kid, my parents did not. But there some of my friends' families, parents yeah. would just talk about sex right in front of us and stuff. And like they knew what periods were. And I was just like, completely shocked by that but they weren't groomers they just had different philosophies on that stuff they than have my parents different values on when it's okay to talk to their kids about something that every human being for the most part is interested in learning at some point in their lives and i know it makes conservatives very very upset to think about you know their their, their children ultimately having sex or whatever they the subject entirely upsets them but look i need everyone out there and understand that when you teach people proper sex education Teen pregnancy rates go down. STD Mm -hmm. rates go down. Sexual assault rates go down. There is no downside for a robust sex education. And there's plenty of, like, studies about that and, like, numbers on that. But the conservatives will just tell you, or some libertarians will just tell you, no, Thomas Sowell wrote a book in 1999 saying that uh, STD rates went up when sexual education happened. So, therefore, it's bad. No, you just have to look at Mississippi. Mississippi's the top. 
in gonorrhea, teen pregnancies, HIV, syphilis, mm-hmm. and a bunch of other things like that, teen pregnancy. And it's because Mississippi has no sex education. I know Whoa, this from firsthand. Really? There's no sex education there. And if it ever is brought up, it's abstinence-only mm-hmm. sex education, which isn't Doesn't sex work. education was, at all, by the way. It's like it's saying, well, you don't have to. we don't have to teach you to stop, drop, and roll if you're on fire. Just don't catch on fire. Yep. Right. Instead, uh, teach them to stop, drop, and roll. I've never seen a... If you're pregnant, you need to get tested for gonorrhea sign just on the side of the road, except in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Wow. Doesn't yep. seem to be necessary in other places. That, that's the problem with their sex education as well. Their, their abstinence only thing, when they do talk about sex, all they're interested in doing is fear-mongering around mm-hmm. the subject. Oh, if you even look at someone's genitals, you you need to go get tested for HIV. You're going to die in, at the age of 22 because now you have AIDS. That's all they're interested in doing, and it's bad for people. There's a reason that Mississippi is in the state that it's in with its high teen pregnancy rates and its high rates of HIV and syphilis and gonorrhea and everything else negative that's attached to sexuality when states that have robust sex educations don't have those problems. I don't care what Thomas Sowell said in his book. In 1995. The, the data don't lie. And what subject on this planet, in what subject is knowledge ever a bad thing? What gun uh, safety Education on gun safety and how to handle a gun is the answer. That's Sex, a really good point. Education on how to do it safely and to know what you're dealing with is the answer. That's a great point. Uh, Steven, I think we went a little far afield. Did you get an explanation as to what was going on there? Or... Well, so, uh, Sorry, say again. You, my question is who's organizing the various events? And then, okay. I guess well, the hold on. Uh, before, as, uh, before you get to the second part... Uh, as yeah. we tried to explain in the last hour, the Free State Project has a certain section of the campground. Uh, so they okay. have what's called the pavilion, and then there's some tents that they set up. They rent like, you know, thousands of dollars worth of big tents, right? So they have some big tents on the, the sort of grassy area outside the pavilion. Those are also, they belong to the Free State Project. So the Free State Project uh, programs, whatever the speakers are in there, they decide who speaks, when they speak. But the rest of the campground, which is really where most of it goes on, and by the way, you're breathing pretty heavy into that phone, Stephen. Um, the rest of the campground is all done by the attendees. So there's all kinds of different things that are going on all across the campground at any given moment, and different individuals or organizations are responsible for those particular schedules. Okay, so... Does anyone have any idea where the money's going? The money that you would pay for the ticket for the Porcupine Freedom Festival? Well, they have to pay to rent the tents, and they have to pay to rent the porta-potties, and they have to pay to rent the pavilion. The Free State uh, Project does. The Free State Project. And some of the speakers, they pay for their airfare or maybe a small speaker's fee or something like that. So that's where the money goes. Uh, the, The organizers generally, as I understand it, are volunteer. They don't get paid for doing the the job yeah it's not of any interest to me where the money goes i mean i pay for my ticket i don't i don't care what they do with it it's not not my business at all yeah, it's care. not an unreasonable ticket cost i think it's like what 70 dollar pre pre-purchase and then it goes up to 100 or something like that yeah, so they're pretty cheap i mean when it comes when you break it down over seven days you're talking about like 10 to 15 bucks a day for the best festival in the world for liberty I mean, once I bet my ticket, it's their money, so they can they they want to buy a bunch of crack with it. I don't I don't care. That's not my business. Okay. Um. 
Do do any of these organizations have like an official relationship with LP New Hampshire? What the Free the, State Project is not a political organization. Yeah, when you when you say do any of these organizations, again, the the campground has probably dozens and dozens of different organizations that are present that are doing. Uh, I know Bonnie, you've got a group that you're with, Liberty Policy Alliance. Yeah, they're going to be there. They're going to have their own tent. They're going to be tabling and selling merchandise and stuff like that and telling you about what their plans are for their right. organization. Free Talk Live is going to have a tent there. LPNH uh, will certainly have a tent there. You can also likely. donate at give LP, or give LPA.link. Yeah, so none of these people necessarily have anything to do with one another, but they may or may not. But I think your answer is good, at least as far as the Free State Project, Aria, is there, what, 501c3, so they yeah. can't actually advocate for candidates or, or taking positions on issues, so therefore they don't have any official relationship, no. But, uh, but there, for instance, some of the Free Staters, or some of the members of the Free State Project's board, like Jeremy Kaufman, he ran as a candidate for the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire last year. He's not on board anymore. So, he, he was when he ran, though. Yeah, so, I mean, there's crossover, but that's not the same thing as an official relationship. And it's all the more reason that one should not bow to the government and request their permission to be an organization in the first place. You, you shouldn't seek 501c3 status. I agree. I tend to agree with that, yeah. Stephen, anything else? Any other questions? Are we going to see you up there? Oh, yeah, I wanted to ask that, too. Um, no, I mean, unfortunately, I'm kind of on probation, but I'm not. Mm. Um, and, like, I've, the the amount of restriction that they can give me is really slim, but they've made it pretty clear that they don't want... They've made it pretty clear that with the upcoming election, they're looking for a reason to put me away mm. later on. Mm. Um, and so... Um, unmarried Stephen would be up there and like sending his probation officer video, but married Stephen really likes to sleep next to his wife now. I got gotcha. you. I understand, Stephen. Thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. Uh, for those that want to learn more, they can go to porkfest.com, P O R C F E S T.com, and also the Forkfest, which is happening the four days before the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Neither of to... these are really like cooking festivals, by the way. I realized yeah. that Pork Fest and Fork Fest, they sort of. I give used that to vibe. think that that's what you guys were talking about when I first started listening to the show. <laughs> to be fair, though, uh, the Porcupine Freedom Festival has a fair number of vendors who are they quite do. good at cooking. So, like, there's Mikey a lot... was one of them. True. Doesn't he yeah. make pancakes? That's why I've always heard. But he I don't made think orange I ever tried chicken it. for me one year. Oh. Uh, but yeah, I think he does pancakes and oh. some breakfast stuff as well. But uh, Jay Noon uh, has been there for years, our mm, Thursday yep. night co-host, doing uh, cooking up fresh meat from Bardo Farm, which is a farm run partially by uh, Free Staters, I believe founded by Free Staters. Meat's always so good because it's ra- raised by Jay and his children. It's it's just, you can actually taste a difference in Well, not all bacon. the meat that he's cooking is raised by him. Oh, some of it's some coming of it's from Bardo, Bardo Farm. Farm. Well, the ones that come from him and the ones that come from Bardo Farm are yeah. raised by people who love the animals yeah, and take great. really good care of them and it's feed them stuff. good stuff. And you can actually taste a difference. Yeah, yeah, they're not shoving their chickens into little cages where they right. can't oh. walk or any of that other inhumane, evil crap. Yeah, you get some really great... You know, homemade uh, food there and, and, you know, handcrafted items and all kinds of stuff. There's all kinds of people that are vending things uh, and, you know, historically. And running events. Yep, there are lots themselves. of events, lots of events. I haven't even had a chance to look at what's going on. One thing I'm uh, dreading, yet. though, it was a, it was really kind of an issue last year. And I realize I may be in the minority on this, but the number of kids on some kind of hustle running around trying to sell you oh, random yeah. crap. 
It's excessive. I'm fine with telling kids, like, nope. It was so excessive last year. You couldn't take 10 steps without someone to go, hey, do you (laughs) want to buy my program or whatever that you can get for free anywhere? Right. It's Mm -hmm. like, I admire the entrepreneurship, right? Yeah. Within reason. I'm not mean to the little kids, but I did tell one one year, or last year, the one day that I went, I just told them, like, I don't have any money with me. And then they go away. I always start out very kind, very mm-hmm. generous. Sure, I'll buy your weird little painting for $5 or oh, whatever. Oh, well, that's your problem then. But after, yeah. <laughs> no, They know you're a good mark. No, I don't. they don't ever come back. It's different oh. kids because there's oh, 3,000 people at this place. But then the, the next the day, there's going to be some kid here with a bottle of water. No, you can see them going around asking everyone, mm-hmm. do you want to buy a bottle of water for a dollar while you're drinking out of your bottle of water? It's like, no, go away. And it's just yeah, one dollar for a bottle of water isn't bad. I don't think that would be I think they, you know, people want to tr- teach their kids to... Uh, be entrepreneurs and stuff there. I think that's great. It's yeah, kind of a good, it gets, it's a good thing. It is, but again, and they gotta it's be, excessive. They got well, to be used to being told there. no, you know? So yeah, somebody's got to tell them no. Yeah. If I was really interested in something they had, then I would buy it from a little kid. It's yeah, not it's right, anything wrong right? with the little kids. It, it, it probably works for them, right? I mean, yeah, people sure are lazy. They don't want to get up and go walk to buy a bottle of water. So pay the kid a dollar and there it is right there in your hand. Oh, I get it. I get it. But most people bring their own bottle of water. And that, you know, that's just one example. There's a, countless things that they're trying to yeah. sell and it's it's good and it's helpful but it's a bit beyond the scope of being helpful at yeah, this what point what are you gonna do and, right i'm just saying yeah. selling a program is a little weird I, I don't remember what the little kid was trying to sell me they're petting coconut and they're like oh do you want to buy blah 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 the number here if you want to join the show 603-283-6160 now at fork fest the last few years as i understand it they've been pretty desolate as far as food options are concerned so you gotta that's be because Fork Fest to... was after the Pokemon Freedom Festival, so yeah. people had already like packed up and stuff. This year, that's unlikely to be an issue. But but still, the vendors are may or may not show up early. Right, so... they may not have unpacked and set up yet. Yeah, so I, I would say if you're going to go to Fork Fest, just be more prepared to fend for yourself. Whereas if you're at the Porcupine Freedom Festival, you can just come with some crypto, come with some gold backs or some cash, and you're good to go. You know, you don't ever have to leave the campsite. Although there are some places in the, in the town that you can go eat at. Yeah, uh, we so usually anyway. do it once or twice a year. Yep. Uh, let's see. So we were talking about Photoshop and the new generative fill that they have, this new feature that basically just makes editing photos so easy. You can just delete things simply by clicking on them in the photo, it seems like. You can just change the thing. So there was a demo that one guy gave where it was an image of like some guy with his back to the camera, sort of far away from the camera, standing in front of an amazing view of some mountains and a lake right okay and you just clicked on the dude the photoshop automatically detected the subject which is the guy in the photograph and then you could just delete the guy which he did or and, and it just generates what would it would imagine would be behind him correct. it's not just, just like a hole it in. yeah it just fills it right in. you couldn't tell he was ever there or you can tell it to change what's in the the subject so you could say he said like put a woman in a red dress here Okay, now there's a woman in a red dress instead of a guy in like a hiking outfit or whatever it was. That's crazy. Yeah. I love it. But yeah. man, that's crazy. I, I I want this technology to be more widely available. Photoshop, give it give this to me for I free. Know. I know. Watching the videos Eamon was showing last night, I was like, this looks so fun, but there's no way I'm going to buy Photoshop no. for this. It yeah. would be such a waste of time but for me. Aria at freetalklive.com, you can send me your Photoshop key, Photoshop, by the way, and I will, <laughs> I will promote Photoshop one time. <laughs> so those are i mean I, I just telling you what they can do with it is it's hard to really 
you know, describe it the is power amazing of this. though. I, I just very quickly went to Twitter and I think I looked up yeah. Photoshop AI or something like that that you told me to yeah, look at. And that, yeah. It's absolutely incredible what these people can do. Well, the thing is, you don't even have to, like, um, with Photoshop before, if you wanted to, like, fill something, you'd have to really carefully with your mouse, which is way harder than right. a tablet, uh, trace something. With this, you just have to get the general area of, like, the sky in the picture of the mountains yep. and just put, like, sunset instead of midday. So I want a sunset sky instead yep. of midday, boom. and it's just, boom, it, it replaces it. It doesn't need and- you to trace the thing perfectly and it gives you three different options too so it doesn't just give you one replacement you say oh replace this sky with a completely blue sky with the sun in it or whatever and it'll do one version but then you can click on a thing and you get out a second option and a third option oh like mid journey does yeah and then of course like you know if you don't like any of those three you just hit the button again and it'll give you three more and then hit the button again or start typing words and you can have it do things. You can have it add things into photos as well. So in the the Adobe demo, they show up like a bicyclist, an image of a bicyclist on a on a cracked road, and they show the guy, the art, the Photoshop guy, just circling the cracks in the road and deleting them, uh, and then just adding uh, like circling part of the road and then typing yellow lines, and then yellow lines appeared on the road. That weren't the, there before. But they look like traffic. So when yeah. he said the words yellow lines. I don't know if it was exactly yellow okay. lines, but maybe like yellow lines on a road or, or okay. something like that. But boom, there they were as though they'd been there uh, the whole time. And then he wanted to make the photograph wider. So he increased the canvas and then he hit generate and then it just made it look like the photo was wider. You could see more of the mountains in the background and you know they never existed. They're not actually there per se, but they certainly don't look like that in real life. But you don't know. And that's the whole point of this is like. You're never going to know if what you're looking at online. I mean, even be- before this, you still didn't really know because somebody with the with the skills, with the Photoshop skills, could do a pretty good job, and you would have never know it. Yeah, but those skills but, were rare, right? So the odds that the photograph that you're looking at came from one of those people was very low. Yes. Now any dummy who can point and click is going to be able to to create dummy. very persuasive looking. Uh, graphics and edit photos that you know make it, it look real. It can make it look like you were anywhere. Can, if you wanna, you won't be able to know who was and wasn't on Epstein's island now because right. you can just take a picture of anyone. Aria Dmetso. Sure, you can put your grandma on Epstein's put, island. Put them in Epstein's yep. island and be like, "This is proof she was there." Obviously, yeah. there's people that can figure out things that are fake. Photographic proof is over. Yeah. Okay. At this point. <laughs> It's over. Because the thing is, it can completely generate, like, if you wanted to just say Arya went to, to, like, some other country and you were lying, and you just take Arya and then post a picture of her with, the, just tell it, all right, make a background of, like, Russian temples yeah, or whatever. She is in Iran. Yeah, whatever. You know, I don't know. Violating I said temples. sanctions. They have a free trial of this version of Photoshop, by the I'm way. I'm kidding. Yep. Oh wow! I'm looking at it now to try to find out exactly how much it costs because I got to think about it. If they do have a subscription thing, then maybe we're talking like 15 bucks a month or if something. If that's all it where, is, I doubt it. Though right. this is pro pro level software, where it's it could probably, actually be worth it. Right? It's probably dozens or a hundred dollars a month. Uh, but. I'm looking at twenty dollars and ninety nine cents a month is what it says. Seven no day kidding. free trial. And then that's like in the range of Mid Journey because Mid Journey you could spend ten bucks a month or twenty or thirty bucks a month. So anyway, uh, yeah, I think. 20 bucks a month, I, I think I may be inclined to, to mess around with this. 
Uh, we'll we'll come back to it here because uh, there's there's an interesting article at The Verge titled "I Turned My Vacation Photos into Nightmares with Photoshop's New Generative AI Tool." It's kind of a fun story. But first, let's talk to Tim in Florida. Tim, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Hey, how's it going? Uh, What's on your mind? For anyone listening on the radio, Ian's got a really cool shirt on. It's blue. It's got a picture of kind of shaped like a heart of virus, and it says "Fear." Fear is the real virus. Yeah, the real virus is fear. It's actually a shirt that I made on one of those design a shirt sites. I think it's Custom Ink, if I recall correctly. If you were to go to freekeen.com and search for the real virus is fear in the search bar, you will find the article which has a link to the exact design. I don't get any money if you buy it. I don't care. Uh, but if you want to use this exact design, you don't have to do any of the work. So just search for that at freekeen.com. Tim, you probably were calling for a reason. Hang on. We'll continue with whatever that was going to be. You can share your thoughts as well on the latest AI amazing stuff that's going on. It's Free Talk Live. Talk live, and you can join the show. Bring up whatever you want to discuss. The number here is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. You can join us online. Just head over to freetalklive.com and enjoy the various features that we have waiting for you there. Once again, that is freetalklive.com. Uh, also, coming up later this year, our very own Mark Edge is going to be at an event in Prague, and you can join him there. Uh, it's going to be, I believe, he he corrected me. Apparently, this is going to be the fourth year that they've done this Free Cities Project Conference. It's called Liberty in Our Lifetime, and it's going to focus on these, what are purported to be, self-governing territories that say they will uphold individual rights and freedoms. Now, whether they will or not, I think remains to be seen, but uh, a lot of these things are still in development, so some of the projects are going to be represented there, including some in U.S., Honduras, Germany, and Norway. Uh, They're going to share updates on their progress and explain why you should consider moving to or doing business in a free city. Mark spoke at last year's conference, and he uh, will be speaking at this year's. You can get your 10% discount by using code FTL over at libertyinourlifetime.org, the Conference is happening in Prague, October 14th and 15th. That is, uh, once again, libertyinourlifetime.org, code FTL, to save 10%. We bring Tim back on the line in Florida. Tim, what's on your mind tonight? Hey, um, this isn't exactly what I called about, uh, but I was listening to the news bump on the ad break, and uh, this Uganda thing. Isn't it interesting the way that... What was the Uganda thing? I'm sorry, I, I didn't hear it. Uh, some new law that was passed, uh, basically the death penalty for everything from homosexuality oh, to transsexualism to sex with a minor. And yeah, that doesn't surprise say, me. Uganda uh, some, yeah. has uh, historically been very unfriendly to gay people. and so This would, is the place with the politician who stood there at like some council meeting and was like, they eat the poo-poo or oh, whatever. God. This is that guy. Yeah. I mean, this is that country. So, But isn't it interesting how they just kind of wrap it all together like it's all the same thing? Yeah, well, that's what somebody who doesn't want to think uh, would do. And there's certainly plenty of conservatives in this country who I'm sure are cheering on Uganda uh, in this case. They they love it when Putin does the same kind of crap in Russia. 
and they 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 love seeing tyranny in their name all around the world like when that uh the dictator in el salvador was rounding up thousands of people with no trial with nothing beyond just a simple accusation that oh these people are involved in gang activities so we're just going to put them away in this gang prison over here for the rest of their lives and the conservatives, some of the conservatives in the U.S. were like, "Yeah, that's we how need it should that be kind done." Of, yeah, we need that kind of leadership in our country. Yeah, it's it's sad how rare empathy has become. Like I mentioned, the thing I posted on Twitter recently that got a lot of comments, and one of the one of the comment threads is like, "Well, why do you care about you know kids so much?" Like, because I was a I was a kid once, right? Mm-hmm. And I know how much that sucks to be a trans kid or a gay kid or whatever, and not being allowed to express that because your parents are homophobic or transphobic or whatever. And I had this thing called empathy that causes me to want to see less suffering in the world. Whereas conservatives or these anti these bigots of whatever flavor, they don't seem to just lack empathy. They're outright malicious. They don't want to see less suffering. They want to see more suffering. Yeah, there's a specific, I don't want to say branch, they don't have a name, but there's a clear to me uh, division among libertarians in the ones that just want to make things okay for themselves and the ones who actually want to change things in the world, at least help people see what's going on so that they can change their own lives. It's something I want to go and change people's lives forcefully like if people don't want freedom give them freedom and that's always what their their comeback is it's like well most people don't want freedom i'm not trying to force them to be free that doesn't make any sense you just educate people you tell show them what's going on oh did you only did you know that only like six media companies run all the media and they're just pro, you know giving you propaganda to listen to you and they want you to think a certain way things like that people are capable of realizing those things if they're taught enough um, and then there's another faction of libertarians who are like, I don't care. I just want to go out into the woods. I just want to do me and be left alone. And there's nothing wrong with that. But not caring about human beings, I think, is a psychological problem. Mm. Yeah. It's psychopathy, isn't it? And I'm not saying that I the people so, who want yeah. to be left alone out there in the woods are necessarily psychopaths, right? But it's psychopaths have no empathy, <laughs> And not caring is a little different from having no empathy, but not much right. different. Well, I definitely want to be clear that I don't think those types of libertarians are psychopaths. Yeah. But I, I would agree that we should ideally be motivated by a desire to help other people and to make the world a better place for um, everyone. Just looking at the AP report here on this Uganda situation, it points out here that uh, LGBTQ rights campaigners say this new legislation, which specifies... Uh, I guess some new so-called crimes, including, quote, attempted aggravated homosexuality. Good Lord. What is that? I have to know. (laughs) Attempted. It's when the White House changes the colors rainbow on on it. No. In this case, they say it's a death penalty for aggravated homosexuality, which is defined as cases of sexual relations involving people infected with HIV, as well as with minors or other categories of vulnerable people. So that gets you a death penalty. Uh, whereas attempted aggravated homosexuality, which I guess would be attempting to do that but not actually doing it, uh, would be an imprisonment of up to 14 years. The campaigners for LGBTQ say the legislation is unnecessary in a country where homosexuality has long been illegal. So it's already, as that's what we'd heard previously, been illegal under a colonial era law that criminalizes sexual activity, quote, against the order of nature 
unquote. The punishment for that offense is life imprisonment. So I'm not sure why they needed to add anything here about 14 years or whatever. I mean, that that sounds like it might be a liberalization in that particular case. I think it's the death penalty part that makes it like new. I think that's the newsworthy thing. I was making a joke, though, because uh, the Federalist.com came out with an article that said Pride Month is a cynical exercise in state-enforced homosexuality. Who who, who did this? The Federalist. Uh, Okay. They're kind of right-wing, aren't they? Clearly. I think so. That sounds kind of right-wing, but I, I just think it's funny. It's like... Pride Month is state-enforced homosexuality because they turned the White House rainbow for a day or whatever. It's also crazy how many people think that corporations like adding rainbow flags to their logos or whatever for the month of June is somehow like a, a symbol of success for gay rights or LGBTQ people or whatever. It's, it's so obvious. Pandering. Pandering. Go right? ahead, Tim. Oh, yeah. Well, I almost segued into something you, you just mentioned about the flag, but... Before I lose my topic here, because I know the time is probably short. Um, so I've been listening to this podcast, and I, I was wondering if you'd heard of it. It's uh, on a website called The Last uh, the Last American Vagabond. And this guy, um, his name's Ryan Christian, and he does the daily wrap-up. No, never and, heard of it. Why? Uh, really good. I mean, he really goes into a lot of research. He has like three, four-hour shows sometimes uh, without any commercials at all. And uh, okay. basically, he goes into a lot of things about Ukraine and COVID and the, you know, the injections and like really detailed stuff. Is he an actual uh, vagabond? <laughs> I don't know. I guess. I guess Is that like a homeless person? Probably. Yeah, it's that a travels? homeless person, basically. A nomad. I don't know. It's actually, if you've heard of Whitney Webb, she's on the same website. No, nope, um, I have not. I'm surprised. Uh, yeah, they, they definitely Venn diagram right into the whole libertarian slash anarchist scene. Okay. Well, there's um, a lot of libertarian podcasts, and I certainly have not heard yeah. of them all. And, I'll, you know, some of them will make it for four months, and then they'll quit, and then others will go for years. So I, I wish them the best of luck. Tim, thanks for the call tonight, man. I appreciate it. I just can't keep... I can't keep track of them all. Now, the only know? podcast I listen to is called Data Over Dogma, and mm. I would highly recommend it for anyone out there who likes like religious crap and religious oh, okay. history and stuff, because it's really good. It's produced by an atheist and a Mormon, Oh, if I remember. Yes, he's a Mormon. But he's he's got a PhD in you know biblical history and stuff. He's got a TikTok channel. He makes really great stuff. His name is Dan McClellan. I don't remember mm. the atheist name, but... They approach the subject in a critical kind of way, taking in the historical context and modern context and stuff. And it's really fascinating. That's the only podcast I listen to, though, because I I can only imagine what happens when you get – I know what happens when you give libertarians the opportunity to talk, right? They, every libertarian out there has the potential to talk for an hour and a half every week in as starting their own podcast. Right. So, yeah, they've got to be not even a dime a dozen, a penny a dozen. Or, or a penny for 1200 Let's go to the phones here. we got Greg in New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Greg. Hey, hey. I want to second everything that was just said, and uh, I'm applying it to the online world. Need applying to educate what? Them. Applying the understanding that we, we need to educate people. We can't force them uh, to, to, you know, to things, but uh, people need to understand that if uh, they don't have software – that they can deploy themselves for themselves or for their communities, mm-hmm. that they're going to live in a world that's dominated by Meta, you know, yep. used to be called Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Microsoft, and all the other. They're the analog for me of the state online. 
It's just very convenient to live in a walled garden, have all your friends in that walled garden, and hey, anywhere you go, you don't have to log in. It's right there. All your friends might be there. And uh, Well, we've seen what's time. happening as a result of that is these people stay in the walled garden. They stay on Facebook. They barely ever leave it. They stay on Twitter. Twitter doesn't want you to leave Twitter. If you put links in, we learned when Elon Musk open-sourced the Twitter algorithm that if you put a link into a site that's off Twitter that isn't a news site, that you will be uh, downranked. Yeah, you'll be downranked. Basically, you won't. You're. I thought you're, they had undid that. Did they not? I hadn't heard about that. Okay. They released the code, so you so people who know how to code could go and figure out. Oh, this helps you. This hurts you. Putting in links to things that weren't Twitter or official news sites actually hurt your post. Putting in a photo helped your post. Uh, getting likes on your post actually helped more than comments, which seemed counterintuitive, but uh, that's what it was. You but, get like you get like a certain uh, bonus, right? So right. if these certain things happen, I agree with Greg that um, we shouldn't be forcing people into our way of things. But I think if people have knowledge, anyway. knowledge doesn't belong to anyone. And if you have knowledge, I think you somewhat have a duty to spread it. And if you have knowledge like of what things are going to cause more freedom and what things are going to cause our entire planet to be in more control until we turn into hell on Earth, I think you have a duty to spread that. You absolutely um, should uh, do that. And uh, you definitely can improve liberty. But the thing is, um, and this is, you know, this is my pet uh, issue, but if you apply the same reasoning that libertarians apply to the state, then you will realize that you need to exit the system and have your own software. The problem is that these corporations will never give you the software. Uh, you'll have to make it yourself. You'll have to join with like-minded individuals, just like the Free State Project, for example, and create your own thing. Well, now, and- to be fair, I believe, Aria, you had some show prep tonight that actually Meta is apparently open-sourcing whatever their AI project is. That's correct. And I, I was going to bring up that counterpoint as well. Yeah, which is an unusual thing to see out of a big tech company. And maybe we don't know all the details. Maybe that's just how much they want people plugged into the VR world. Well, apparently their well, VR well, efforts have real. gone nowhere. Oh. What, what's that, Greg? First, let's be real. First oh, of all, Meta had it leaked. Uh, mm. It was going to work with um, universities. Remember I told you all about the Bloom model? That was university model that was available last year, uh, open source. And Meta created Llama, and Llama was also supposed to be just for researchers, but then it was leaked. Right. And that's how we got this explosion of open source. So now, of course, um, Mark Zuckerberg comes out and says, well, we're not going to charge because we're not an infrastructure company. We're a social media company, so we're just going to give it away. And they claim the mantle of the open AI from the other company that was called OpenAI, but of course, the profit motive got you know, corrupts everybody in this mm. case. So, so you're saying I don't care what their motive is for doing the right thing as long as they do the right thing. So, but you're saying the only reason they're opening up their source is because somebody leaked it in the first place. So now they're just like, all right, well, well, they could just go. They, they could just co- release a new version that that that, they, that was closed. that wouldn't be leaked. True. Right? I mean, it's great PR, but this is the same company that spied on your audio, on your video, used your camera when you weren't looking, mm-hmm. and every other way that they could possibly vacuum up your data. Oh, yeah, they're terrible. Yeah. Yep. So I'm not exactly very, yeah, thanks for opening, sourcing the weights that were leaked. So, and Greg, now, you've been following yeah. the AI situation pretty closely. Uh, what are some of the more exciting developments in, in recent weeks that you've seen? 
Well, to me, all the exciting developments are in the open source AI. Mm -hmm. I went to an open source meetup. I've actually just come back from the Government Blockchain Association. It was um, happening in Washington, D.C. I do that every year. They use our apps, by the way. Uh, they use the Cubix app uh, for the conference. Oh, cool. Um, so what would I say? Well, the, all the open source stuff, I love the open source AI community. I think that they are obviously, Google said that they don't have any moats, that the open AI, open um, source community will catch up and, you know, eventually give it to everybody. And I called in before. I said the one industry that I think may be too much to give to everybody is like giving everyone online bombs, and that is AI. But, you know, you can't stop it. So this nope, is what's it's happening. coming. It's coming yeah. fast. There's no doubt about it. Anything else you want to share, Greg? I just wanted to say there's very few alternatives to the profit motive driven big tech monopoly with their uh, surveillance capitalism. I mean, this is a real thing. You look on Wikipedia, they have an entire article for it. Surveillance capitalism to extract rent and extract data from all sides of the market for the shareholders. What I monopoly? Really like, uh, which, what? What monopoly are you referring to? You, you said a big tech monopoly. monopoly. You, you literally used oh. the word monopoly. Okay, I'm, I'm just oligopoly. trying to figure out. Sorry. Okay. I should say oligopoly. Yes. Because okay. that's an important so, uh, distinction, I think. An oligopoly being a group of elites instead of just one, which is a monopoly, right? Right. Uh, maybe I'm, I said monopolies, but what I really meant is that they form an oligopoly. So, for example, uh, not only do they form an oligopoly, but there's one person at the top. So you cannot vote out Mark Zuckerberg. The shareholders tried. Many times, hmm. but he has the really? class of shares where it's impossible. Wow. Elon Musk simply took the company private with sovereign wealth funds of governments like the Saudi government and others, um, and took and bought the company. So, by the way, there Elon, was an article recently uh, saying that since Elon Musk has taken over Twitter, they've of course been continuing to uh, to work with the governments as far as you know giving them over information about Twitter oh, yeah. users. And yeah, stuff and like he that. was just like, "What do you want me to do?" Right. Elon actually responded to the article by saying, well, yeah, but are you going to list any times when we weren't forced to? And certainly, you know, I'm sure the government has put a gun to uh, to their head figuratively, and I, I suspect they have to do what they have to do. So I think his point is that they're only giving over information they're being forced to give information over, but who knows what the truth is. And that's the other thing, is that because they're so centralized, We've had the German government threaten to pull Telegram from the store. Uh, we, we have the Turkish government saying, you know, ban Twitter if you interfere with this and that. So if you have one app in the stores, right, or one central point of failure for everything, then, yeah, they're going to work with the governments. I mean, look at the Twitter files. Whereas WordPress doesn't work. Like if you install WordPress, which you have on your site, mm -hmm. or if you use matrix.org or indeed Cubix or something like that, you, it's decentralized. Linux is decentralized. So there's no uh, concept of Linus Torvalds selling out and working with the government to compromise everyone's Linux. You know, Linux or yeah, something. I agree with you, Greg. And I certainly, uh, it's a, a fairly common theme on this show, especially on Friday nights, is decentralized is the way to go. Open source is the way to go. Big tech is just going to get bigger. You know, they're going to keep getting, you know, in bed with governments and keep ensconcing themselves in so many different parts of our lives if we let them. Thank you for the call tonight, Greg. I appreciate hearing from you. Let's go to Ricky in Pennsylvania. You're on Free Talk Live. Ricky. Thank you there, Brother Ian. Sister Bonnie, Sister Aria. What's on your mind tonight? 
Well, I got a quick question, and I got a reason for this. Did you, because uh, I've been missing an action on and off, did you announce me as an amplifier? Uh, if you've joined the AMP program, I must have missed that. Um, so, no. Well, you know what? If you did or didn't, it's unimportant. Because Ricky from the Commonwealth doesn't actually need that. I just wanted to talk about why I became an amplifier, if I could. Okay, go right ahead. How All did you right, join, well, by the way? Huh? How did you join? I had someone fill it out for me. I just answered everything. Oh, okay. Was this uh, Patreon or through? Yes, it was. On the 21st, it went through. Okay. Okay, then almost certainly we have not uh, mentioned you yet. The list of patrons that we have, it's like three pages long, and it's, it seems like it's probably going to take two or three I months just, to get through the well, current to, list. But to be, well, to be, to be fair, Aria, I, I actually check well, over every – hold on, Ricky. I check over every week whenever there's new – Signups, uh, you know, I get I get an email, right? But whatever, to get right? to this one, we still have to go through all of the ones in front of it. It's sure, but point. all I'm saying is I don't even recall seeing the sign up. Okay, so it's not he's Fair. not on the list because I don't think he's. Oh yeah, there it is. How did I miss that? That's crazy. <laughs> and I'll be doubling that in the future. And the amount's not that not important. Okay. Okay. Well, now thank that you. being said, I wanted to talk about why I became an amplifier. If I could, brother. Reed. All right, Ricky, go ahead. All right. Well, I mean, I'm new to a lot of listeners, uh, but I disappeared five years ago. But before that, I did call for several years, and I love this show, and I always did. And since I came back, it took a little while, but I've grown to know all of the hosts and co-hosts and learned to love them just as much as you, Brother Ian. And I love this show. There's nothing like Free Talk Live. Thank you, Ricky. No I appreciate that. Be again. I do want to clarify something. I uh, I did process this uh, sign-up. It's just your the email uses your last name. It doesn't say Ricky from the Commonwealth, so that's why I had no idea that this was you. But then when I right, just went into right. when I just went into uh, Patreon, it shows Ricky from the Commonwealth. So I don't know if that's something you changed later on or whatever. But Right. I put that as my screen name because okay. I didn't want my last name, no. Yep. Okay. Thank you for that. But anyways, to finish up, you know uh, – you know, there's nothing like this show, and and I believe in, you know, I am a Confederate Democrat. I'm not a libertarian, but sometimes I sound like one, and I try to bring interesting things to the show, and I, I love what the hosts bring to the show. You Thanks. know, and I love the exchanging of ideas of other people calling and things like that, and discussions. I mean, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, I'd always hoped you when know? we started doing Free Talk Live 20 years ago. Uh, at this point, I'd I'd always hoped that libertarianism would be something that took off, right? Like that, oh, because yeah, I had that belief that oh, yeah, everybody's a libertarian, or there's a lot of libertarians out there. They just don't know it yet. We just got to turn them on to it. And and I had thought that maybe we would be competing with other libertarian talk shows at some point in the future. And well, it's been two decades now. It's not that that can't that happen, happened. Ian. It's that it gets co-opted by these people who are like. Libertarian's getting a little too big. We got to put out this man. His name is going to be Amash uh, Touré, and he's going to call himself a libertarian, and then we're going to confuse everyone, and everybody's going to think libertarian means people who hate trans people, or libertarian mm. means people who don't want to get the vaccine, and every other way, they're literally George W. Bush. Well, whatever the reason, Bonnie, it, it didn't happen. You there's know? there's, a, not, even, there's hardcore, not even a second show. There's, there's not a hardcore opposition one. being worked against us, yeah, unlike anything else on the on the planet. No, no doubt about it. My point is it didn't take off. Maybe it will someday, but it hasn't happened but yet. But you know what, Brother Ian, if I may say so? Yeah. 
that's kind of okay because if I may say something to Sister Bonnie, you know, especially if you look out at me throughout the years. Now, no, I'm not a libertarian, but you know what? I don't claim to be, but in a lot of ways, sometimes I really sound like one sometimes. You know, I mean, when it comes to whether it be civil rights. Sure, a lot of people take libertarian positions on certain issues, but that's the difference between an actual libertarian libertarian and someone who can sound libertarian is that an actual libertarian adheres to the non-aggression principle. Well, I mean, actually, I do agree with that. I agree with that before I even knew what it was. <laughs> well, you know? but Ricky, then the other night on the air, you did admit that you think there should be a small government, and uh, usually governments well, are funded by aggression. Well, wait a minute now. Uh, I, I actually thought about that, and you know I, I, what Peekless was saying? And first of all, I came to a conclusion when it came to to the tax. It could be like amplifying. It could be a donation. Yeah, sure, if you can run a donation. You know? Yeah, that's they true. In pay, theory, in theory, that could exist. There could be... A voluntary government. We don't have and it yet. I think yet. people would would do it. I think people would voluntarily put a little bit out to keep it going if they could. I, I think bet they would. would. Really I think hurt. that's probably true. Like I think people would donate to uh, keeping the roads clean and you know, making sure the snow gets cl- cleared up and clearing off car accidents from the roads and whatever other actual useful things that uh, governments occasionally do. Ricky, thanks for the call tonight. Thanks again for the contribution there. I definitely appreciate it. It's good to hear that he seems to say that he's listened to the show and it has changed his mind yeah, on a few things. Yeah, he's thought about stuff. That's, that's, that's true. Uh, amps.freetalklive.com if you want to go and join as Ricky has done. By the way, doing uh, Platinum Level. So, nice. Thank thanks, you, Ricky. Uh, amps.freetalklive.com We continue here. Hour number three is on the way and maybe we'll talk about the meta news. Coming up, it's Free Talk Live. Talk Live. You can join the show and bring up whatever you want. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Joining you here tonight, it's Ian. And it's Bonnie. And Aria. Of course, you can bring up absolutely anything you want to discuss here on broadcast, radio, and on podcast, and live streaming in video and audio form and some parts of the world we're on satellite uh by the way our satellite channel in the united states is going to go away this summer so just a another reminder about that i sent out a notice a couple of months back when i decided to cancel the service Uh, we just didn't have enough people supporting it to keep it going. The LRN.FM satellite? Yeah, over North America. That one's going to go away. We'll continue with Africa. So okay. Sub-Saharan Africa will continue. And my justification there is we, we're closer to being able to afford the African satellite if we cut the American one. And more people in Africa still don't have the internet. So they're also much more oppressed there. I mean, the ideas of liberty could be much more meaningful, assuming they can, they can, you know, even translate what we're saying. A fair number of them speak English uh, in in these countries. Someone in the United States or Canada or Mexico or whatever, they probably have the internet. They're not restricted from Googling what is libertarianism or what does it mean to be free? Whereas someone in, you know, we we just mentioned uh, Uganda can't even be gay. So how how else? You could be gay. You just can't let anybody know. Okay. Well, <laughs> well the death you, you can't get caught being gay. They'll throw the death penalty yeah. penalty or at life you, imprisonment. So. I so think what, for most of them. 
So in what other ways are would they be restricting one's free speech and one's rights? Is yeah, exactly. ultimately my question. Uh, and a lot of uh, a lot of people in those countries have free to air satellite access, and that's where they'll find us there. So we are still on satellite in that case. Uh, you can go to freetalklive.com to learn more about the show and the stuff that we do. And also, I uh, want to say a big thanks to the folks over at Dash. Free Talk Live and this hour of Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash. It's digital cash. Dash is a cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. Dash has some really cool features, including uh, the Dash Direct app. Now, I have not had a chance to use Dash Direct because I'm not allowed to use cryptocurrency under my bail conditions, but Captain Kickass, or one of our uh, weekend co-hosts, he is a big user of Dash Direct, and he was a user of Dash Direct prior to Dash becoming a sponsor because it's actually useful. It allows you to spend Dash at over 155,000 locations across the United States. This is a killer app because you actually get a discount. Now, each location has a different discount. So when you check the app, it'll show you what the, the discount level is. It could be as low as like, you know, 2% or something, but it's sometimes 4, 5, 6%. It's pretty common to have it in the 4 to four to 6% range. And some of them it's high as uh, 7, 8, or even 9%. So it just depends on what the merchant is and what the discount they want to offer. Uh, you can go and get the Dash Direct app on your Apple or Android app store and check it out because it works and it works really well. It's a great excuse to actually spend your cryptocurrency. So uh, Dash, by the way, is one of the oldest cryptos and it's widely available on exchanges and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get Dash. It's easy to use it. You can start by learning more at Dash.org. Oh, and they are now fixed to where you can use AnyPay with yes, Dash. Yes, you learned um, that this weekend, which yeah, is awesome. It used to be even that my my iPhone wouldn't let me use any edge wallet to pay anyone with any pay mm-hmm. so the vendor has any pay i have edge a, wallet any pay is a uh, merchant application yeah. where merchants have like a tablet or something at the, the front desk and when you want to check out with crypto they just punch the amount into any pay and it allows you to pay with multiple uh, different cryptos at the the company wants to accept yep. and recently my phone has just not been letting me do it, any of it because whatever reason they didn't uh, update it for ios There's and somehow some bugs. Yeah. dash actually got them to fix it all and i've been able to use my iphone to pay with dash and different cryptocurrencies on any pay now yep that's and dash is so fast yep that's part of the dash uh decentralized autonomous organization and zero dollar fee like today i actually tested i i uh, was gonna pay for some food 12 bucks and um, I was just like, can this I was just at see? New Smart. Yeah. Yeah. In Keen, and I was just like, um, can I see how much the fee would be if I wanted to pay with Bitcoin? So I did that. I scanned the code for Bitcoin first, but didn't send it. It's going to be three dollars and forty cents, <sighs> and then for twelve dollar wow. food. So then I went. That's to, like a twenty five percent fee on a twelve dollar meal. Yeah. <laughs> just give me a government tax at that point, <laughs> Jesus. And and then God. I went to Dash to, you know, double check what it would be. It was zero dollars. For a dash, and it went through right away. Like w- once I slid the button to send my money from my Edge wallet, mm-hmm. in one second there was a paid thing popping up on the other phone's uh, screen for any pay. It's crazy, three dollars something fee, uh, and less than one cent, well under one cent for the fee for Dash. Very cool stuff. So thanks to the Dash decentralized autonomous organization for sending us thirty-two Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. You can visit dash.org to learn about Dash. That is dash.org. We can talk about the meta open source story. I know, Aria, you had that story. That's on the way coming up. But Sarah is on the line first up in New Mexico. Sarah, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. 
Oh, yes. I I got put on so fast. Oh, I do want to say that. I Today I went on to the, the zero, what is it, um, uh, zero um, uh, on the website. It's, uh, it's supposed to be. This conversation um, is going <laughs> well, Sarah. Zero hedge. Well. It's a uh, you it's went on about, the website uh, like um wanting to zero have zero pedestrians. We even have a, a separate city website what? for it. Zero pedestrians. Yeah, the, what does that let me see what I can find. Zero. Yeah. Zero uh, pedestrians. Division zero. Supposedly we want to have zero pedestrian and bicycle fatality. Oh, okay. is zero Mexican slang? I mean, not new Mexican slang. Excuse me for like crack. She finally said the rest of the sentence. They want to have zero fatalities. Oh, okay. So she went yeah, on that. The, she went the on the face tweet. Actually, it kind of started in uh, Sweden or something in the Nordic countries. That's why they call it that. I That's mean, why they call I it what? The Vision Zero. I Vision mean, Zero. Okay, yeah, I just found it as she was started to say because she didn't say Vision Zero at no, any she other did point not. She, until she just said now. it at one point. Yeah. Oh, did she? Well, I didn't I hear it. Hear it. Um, it says, "What is an acceptable number of traffic deaths for my family? Zero. Vision Zero is a data-driven, safe systems approach to create to create safer streets for all, whether walking, biking, driving, or taking transit, and regardless of age or ability. Sarah's like she's like this close to discovering like discussion boards and Reddit and stuff. Mm. Sarah, there are like forums and stuff on, out there on the internet that are filled with people just like you who just want to post and rant all day long about traffic fatalities and pedestrians and stuff. Go join some of these. Um, I'm, I, I'm sure you can find it, r slash uh, pedestrians oh, yeah. or whatever. Join one of these communities no, no, uh, uh, and just talk to these people a... all day, every day, like you want to do. Right? I'm, I'm a little confused, though. Yeah. Like, What exactly is it? What is a safe systems approach to create safer streets for all? Like, Is it going to be signs on the side of the road telling well, people which s- way to go? I've scrolled down the page here. You're at uh, City of Albuquerque's website. Yep. Is that right? C-A-B-Q. So they've got some images here showing their vision. Uh, they want signs on the side of the road, like slow down Albuquerque, speed limit, 20 miles an hour, like just bandit signs in people's front yards. But they already have uh, signs. They want yeah, more they have signs. Speed limit signs. Oh, they, want, they want you to put signs out in your front yard. They're not at the proper people. sign to roadway ratio or whatever. They just want more signs. Well, they, they, they should all. investigate Las Vegas because that. The way that they have these strips set up in Vegas, it it forces traffic to drive slowly. It's a nightmare to drive down, but Mm -hmm. there are bridges constantly. You can constantly cross the street without having to actually walk into the streets. Yeah, Hmm. the overpasses or whatever. That's the way this should all be designed, right? It should be designed that you can cross the street without literally walking where the death machine is. Well, I got to agree with Sarah on that. Nope, nope. They don't want to do it that way. They want to put people in jail easier. They have um, they on this website says safe speeds, automated speed enforcement. Oh, you know, Sarah, loving yeah. this. Yep. Go ahead, Sarah. <laughs> well, you know what? The, the, the director, you could only email them. They only want to respond by email because... Mm-hmm. People that oppose the cameras or the vandalizing the camera, they don't want to hear from them in person. They'll hear from you in email. That's about the only way to So have you figured out how to send an email yet? Well, we tried today on our tablet, but I think we did something wrong. So we'll get around how to... Send it out on email. We All just right. Kind of Is this giving around. you some kind of like flashbacks to when you were an IT helper over the phone? <laughs> 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 no, 
No, th- thankfully not. Yeah. Now, all of my clients at least knew, knew how, how to send email. email so. <laughs> Thanks for the call, Sarah. Uh, there are remedial computer classes out there, yeah. Sarah, probably at your local community college. Yeah, I was going to say, probably free. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, probably not free. I, I suspect there's some free ones, though. Yeah, if you look that's around. tailored you design for elderly people. Maybe, the, yeah, the senior center or something. They I would highly that. recommend you, I mean, because technology is important, Sarah. It drives the world and it allows you to interact with the world. I would highly, I know you got to use the computer to find it, but look around for one of these these free computer classes that you might be able to find. I'm surprised they're not actually proposing what you're talking about, Aria, with those crossovers that they have in Vegas. I don't think the taxpayer should have to pay for it. Because that's what I'm saying. They're going to be very expensive. And so some contractor would make a ton of money if they were hired to actually put those crossover walks, whatever the hell you call them, overpass, uh, walking overpasses. So instead, they're talking about well-marked and separated bike lanes, signalized crossings, meaning they'll put special crossing signals up at the crosswalk portions, not not at just like the normal intersections, but wherever there happens to just be a random crosswalk. In the middle of the road, they'll put signals up to stop cars, uh, supposedly, and slower traffic speeds, they claim they're going to be putting in slower, quote, downtown safety zone speeds. Yeah, I yeah, don't I think that. any of that's going to matter. Yeah, and I don't think it's going to help much. I, I would have disagreed with this even a week ago, but I'm starting to come around to the idea that we have surrendered too much public space to, to vehicles and traffic as it is, and that maybe there's a better way. Obviously, not top-down. The government shouldn't do anything about it. That goes without saying. The taxpayers shouldn't be on the hook for it, but... It's not the most efficient way or an effective way to have people in a place. I wish that it was just easier to just go and build your own city competing because oh. I would love to have like a, um, what is the place, Amsterdam type town in New Hampshire. I have specifically thought of Amsterdam because I think that it's a town, I mean, it's a city, but it looks so nice with the surrounding area and New Hampshire needs a city like that, like Manchester, ugly I, if you tried to put a Las Vegas in, or, or you know, Las Vegas or any other big city that's kind of ugly in the in middle of New Hampshire, kind of be a waste for the natural beauty. But Amsterdam keeps the natural beauty. There's not cars everywhere. There's people walking. But the thing is, you can't just go and buy a bunch of land and create your own city because the government will try to kill you or something. And you're absolutely right. You should be able to. Because I imagine some some enterprising individual out there, some creative individual. Could de- could design a beautiful city, of course. Then they wouldn't be able to pay for it and all that stuff. But like, the, the, there's ways, right? That I want to do it. We could do this stuff. I want to have my own New Hampshire mega city where there's karaoke bars and things like that. <laughs> and you, there would just be no welfare. That's the thing. I think that cities would be totally fine if there was no welfare allowed. Like if we didn't have, uh, it was all owned like by businesses or boards instead of you know. There wasn't a corporation calling itself the city of Bonneville, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, then we wouldn't have to have welfare for people, homeless people on the side of the road. Not that I'm not trying to be so anti-homeless people. I know it's like a really sore subject right now with the internet. Like that's like a big subject right now. People are like, we need to basically like kill homeless people for sport. I, I well, don't know if you ridiculous. guys have seen a lot of that. Uh, but that's yeah, I, I saw someone make the... I, I know what you mean. I, I saw somebody make the point that Republicans consider everyone to the left of killing homeless for yep. sport. And I, I've seen that phrase used here and there, but I, I don't know what was the catalyst of it or why it came about. Uh, I don't really know what started it either, but I've been seeing it a lot recently. And like around the same time that there's been this whole uh, talk of like the 
subways in New York being really dangerous. People are talking about like just homeless, crazy people just like congregating in cities. Well, that wouldn't really be a problem if we didn't allow welfare in our towns. Well, I mean, homeless is an interesting discussion to have because on one hand, they are definitely an eyesore. You know, if you're a business owner, you don't want to have some bum uh, standing out in front of your front door trying to panhandle people, right? That's a real, right. uh, you know, negative if you're, you're just trying to go shopping and some guy's hitting you up for his drug money. And so I, I get the reason why people don't want to have homeless people around. On the other hand, I, I also believe in compassion and and you know, helping people that need help. It's one of the reasons why I contribute to the local privately run homeless shelter here in Keene. But it would be interesting to see how an actual free market where there were no public properties, because that's where the homeless people tend to coalesce around, right? I want a place that would actually show the difference between the people who want to hand up and want to hand out. Like, if there was no handouts, but Mm -hmm. you could easily go someplace if you genuinely needed help and find help to get on with your life and move up in this world, then the people who didn't want that and just wanted to be homeless on the side street and have, uh, you know, a little bit of money for drugs and food that day, well, they would leave. You know, they'd be like, well, well, I can't get what I want leave, out of here. Especially if you actually had all private property. And that's the thing that libertarians advocate for yeah. is not having government property, pub, so-called public property. Now, keep in mind, 7-Eleven is open to the public, but it's still a private store. So right. if they decide they don't want you there, they can say, you got to leave. But we probably and, would have some businesses, I think, that were offering places for homeless people to camp out. Sure. Like the, um, what's it, Hannaford's here in Keene mm-hmm. that, that did that? They allowed their wooded area behind them to be used by the... It was the property the, owner, actually, yeah. of, the, of that shopping center. And I, we, we could have that in a free, I don't want to say free, private city, because I'm not Mark Edge, yeah. but we could have one of those in one of these cities that didn't have a government. In a city in which private property rights were actually respected, wherein if somebody wants to have homeless people on their property, fine, let them have the homeless people there. If, if you the don't homeless, like it, don't shop there. Right. And if the homeless people want to build a shanty uh, in the woods that's you know completely a fire hazard, then, then let them do that. You but, don't need to have the government regulators come out there and force them to not have have a shanty because it's not up to code that actually happened yep. here in Keene on the very property that you're talking about well, that's ridiculous if the property owners are allowing it it should be allowed that's exactly the point i was going to make if they build a shanty and they live in a shanty mm-hmm. then they're no longer homeless are <laughs> right. they i mean i mean we laugh yeah and it's silly that but that's that's they have four walls and a roof over their heads they are literally no longer homeless what's the difference that they don't have electricity Amish don't have electricity, but some Amish don't have electricity. But wouldn't say that they're homeless. Yep. And so they have a property owner who's like, "Yeah, I'll let you. I'll let you build a house on my property, and their house just happened to be a shanty. What's the problem?" Yeah. Again, it's the risk is to the people who are living in the shanty, and if they're willing to take that risk, then then that's fine. Uh, it'll keep them warm during the wintertime. If it catches fire, well, that's you know, that's one of the risks that you take living. As, At least it'll be easy to person. escape. I mean, it's just a shanty, right? Just kick the wall over. <laughs> right. Uh, so, you know, I, I don't, I definitely do not want to live in a place like a Portland or a Seattle where you literally have crazy levels of homeless people just living on the downtown streets with tents, you know, tent city, drug city or whatever, just open heroin injecting. I mean, the videos that you can see online of these places are absolutely crazy. I've never seen any, but it sounds horrifying. To say nothing of the malevolent architecture, right, of the the park benches that aren't enough for someone to sleep on and stuff like that. It's like, 
Well, I understand you don't want homeless people there, but you don't have to be evil, right? Just mm. don't be evil. Just don't have public property. Yeah, well, that solves yeah. the problem in that case. And I think it would be interesting to see how it worked out. But if a, a property is supposedly public and owned by everyone, then yes, I think the spikes on benches or whatever they do are pretty ridiculous. Right. Yeah. It's supposedly owned by the homeless people, but yeah, nope, you can't true. sleep here. It's not true. Now, you know, in a private property society, how would homeless people be treated? I think we'd see different approaches, right? Some people would not be very friendly and, you know, you're not allowed to be here. You got to get out, that kind of thing. And they likely would learn to not come back to that. I I think uh, it's a little uh, like jumping to a conclusion to even call that unfriendly. Maybe the homeless people are causing problems at this place and they don't want homeless people there. Maybe the homeless people aren't just somebody who is down on their luck. Maybe there's somebody who just is fine with being crazy on the side of the road, smoking cigarettes all day, not trying to get their life any better, not ever seeking help to get themselves better. I mean, I know people like this. And it's, it's difficult, even if they're not panhandling or asking for money outside of your business, right? Like, no one wants to walk past a homeless person, right? It, there, there's no way to do that without feeling bad for them, unless you just don't feel bad for other people. But I've never mm-hmm. walked past a homeless person that I didn't want to feel bad, that I didn't feel bad about. And I would rather not have to think about that homeless person. I know what that says about me, but we, it's, the, it's the same for everyone, right? They, we know that there are homeless people, but that doesn't mean we want to walk past them to get into Walmart or the grocery store or whatever, because we don't need it thrown in our face, that amount of human suffering. I think there's just a huge difference between people who are just like, listen, I really need help, and people who are sometimes posing as that. That's like even more terrible to me. I hate people who are posing as someone who really needs help and really they're just a drug addict mm-hmm. uh you know person who doesn't mind having a low quality of life or right. having no dignity yeah like, some people just like that yep i mean they're uh, in salt lake city there's the uh, salt lake city temple and now they don't let anyone no i don't know if that's true but i i thought i had heard that they don't let anyone do this anymore but a guy that i used to work with he used to work at the salt lake city temple doing some i don't know like maintenance or something, because he was a maintenance guy at my hotel. I think it was something like that. And he knew for a fact that these two guys that would panhandle right outside just to where the Salt Lake City Temple couldn't tell them to leave, right. uh, they would, every night they would go home in like their parked Mercedes and drive home. I mean, they're, they're up as here in Keene. That's a terrible yeah. kind of person. But then there's also like the people who are posing as someone who just needs help. Like their sign will say something like, I'm a single mom and I just need to get food for my kid. But really, they just want to go buy crack cocaine or yeah, whatever. Sure. I have a lot more respect for the homeless people. And I I don't know how they live this way, but some of them just want to be homeless. They do. Some do. I think of like Will Coley, who used to be on the show, his sister. He mentioned that she was one of these people who she just preferred being homeless. I couldn't live that way, but there's nothing wrong with that if that's the kind of life that person wants to live. And if people want to give her money, because obviously she's going to need money in the the, uh, world we live in to survive, then they want to and stuff. But it's another thing to just be like, well, it's public property. I can stand here if I want. I just don't think there should be public property where there's people who just choose to not work and pay for their own... uh, living to just be standing there and we all have to deal with them i think you would see in a city that actually had all private property you would likely see homeless people pushed to the periphery uh which is you know where they belong or the ones that actually need help would get help 
Well, right. If you're not obviously homeless, right? If, if you're a homeless person, but you're looking for help, then you can walk to the place that is going to provide you with the help, whatever the center is or the voluntary organization is that provides that, and no one's going to question you. But if you're standing, like you said, smoking cigarette after cigarette, you know, doing some heroin out, out in the open, lay, you know, laying down against the bricks on the side of the building for hours, then somebody's going to figure out that you don't belong there, right? So, like, there's the person who has some direction in their life, and then there's the person who's a total loser, and they're hitting people up for money or whatever they're doing. They don't belong there. Those people are going to get moved along, and they're going to be told to not come back. And if those people want to live on the outskirts of town where somebody doesn't care about that, then by all means, they should be able to do that. I think it'd be interesting to see how it all ended up panning out. Uh, because, man, it's not just about not wanting to see the human suffering, but if you've ever been to, like, Manhattan or something, and you walk by a homeless guy, sometimes it just smells like urine. Yeah. Because they've just been peeing there out in the, the street, and it's just like, ugh, it's, it's gross. Uh, there's more coming up here in moments. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can join the show here, and you can bring up what you want. we got time for you. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Ian Bonnie Aria here tonight. You can join us online anytime over at freetalklive.com. And uh, if you want to support the show, as Ricky apparently did, uh, pointing it out to us earlier tonight, uh, you can join us over at amps.freetalklive.com. That's amps.freetalklive.com. You can sign up there to help us advertise, market, promote, and support Free Talk Live. It is a way for you to get behind the show for as little as 5 bucks a month. We really appreciate the support. It helps us out. It uh, helps us uh, spread the ideas of liberty. So if that's worth 5 bucks a month to you, then you can help us and get some perks like access to the Amp Only podcast, which has the full radio show without any recorded ads. Uh, you can go to amps.freetalklive.com to get signed up there. That's amps.freetalklive.com. Major Payne is on the line in Michigan. Go ahead, Major. Hey, guys. Yeah, this country has a long and sordid history of making hobos, not only you know, be, being unkind to them, but all through history, ever since they laid railroad tracks. There's been a hobo camp somewhere outside of town, you know, usually by the dump, so it's convenient for them to scrounge whatever they need, mm-hmm. and uh, they were just, you know, shunned from society, basically like a little bastard leopard society or something. Yeah, but, uh, it's sad, man. I don't know how to fix this sort of thing, but you're right. And and I do it, too. We all have a different way of looking at homeless people that they're othered, and I, I don't know how to even begin to fix that. Even well, everybody's if I fix got it their own me. story, you know? Like, some people are homeless because they are in a, they had a bad run of luck and they couldn't pay their bills, but they want to get back on their feet quickly. Other people are, like you said, uh, like Will's sister, who they just like living without a house, and that's a totally different type of homeless person. And, and then there's the, the drug day. addicts, right, that just are total losers, and they have no money because they spend it all on drugs. And back in the day, I don't know how far back Major Payne's talking about, but... There wasn't any such thing as like taking care of your mental health. So there's probably a lot of people that were just crazy, crazy yep. that just that's another category can take care of themselves. I mean, I I know plenty of people that not plenty of people. I can think of one person that is just crazy and letting their craziness uh, overtake 
their life to where they just are like, mm. yeah, I don't, I don't need to work or anything. But luckily, she has a boyfriend that she lives with. I don't know what's going to happen to her if one day he gets tired of her, of her s. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's a new twist in this river. I think it was Obama shut down all the insane asylums, put them all on the streets. Great. They decided they they shouldn't pay for them, but we should, we all should, even though we all had been the whole time. Yeah, I don't well, know. I don't know. Those could be bad too. I don't know what to do about people who are just like crazy. Right, like it's really hard. Yeah, what well, the libertarianism thing, the thing does is, not apply. Exactly. The non-aggression. This is one of the failures of the non-aggression principle. We've talked about this before. You know, it's a pretty good principle, and across the board, it pretty much works. But when it comes to someone who does not care about their own safety or the safety of others, uh, then something has to be done about a person who's going to possibly. Why harm- would that not apply? Why would the that means the nap isn't applying. The nap is applying because you're stopping them from harming others. But the problem comes in when they're trying to harm themselves. themselves. And if it's somebody that you care about, you know, if somebody you're, you care about is going and spiraling down into, you know, some sort of insanity or whatever, and you love them and you don't want them to, like, kill themselves or something, then you may have to use aggression against them to restrain them from killing themselves. And yeah. uh, And that's something that has happened. I've been involved in... Uh, situations where some this one guy across the street was was completely crazy because he had not slept, and I was also crazy because of, not at the same time. But, but would you I call it a nap slept. violation if a really drunk person was going to walk off a cliff, or a really drunk person was going to light themselves on fire because they were so drunk they didn't realize what they were doing, and then you stopped them? Yes, well, there's a difference between someone who's like imminently going to harm themselves and someone who's like just crazy and they have the potential to harm themselves or harm someone else. There is a difference there, yeah. Yeah, but the person you were talking about was imminently going to harm himself, so you stopped. He could him. have. I mean, the oh. guy, the guy that we stopped. Was absolutely going crazy. And he had he a gun. He wasn't threatening anyone. He hadn't gotten to that point. There was no reason to believe he necessarily would. But he had a gun on his hip at the time. So a person who's going crazy because he hasn't slept I, in a couple of days and has a gun on his hip. I think that that constitutes constitutes the ability to take the gun away from him because he could you, hurt but someone that is else. An aggress- that is an aggressive move. It's because like he aggressive. Could do it's defensive. It absolutely is. It's no, defensive. It is yes, That's it is. like saying a pre uh, preemptive strike against another country is defensive. No, it's not because a pre uh, another country isn't necessarily haven't slept in two days and but the, that the won't guy know that's what got they're the, doing. The guy that's got his hand over the the you know the big red button is a psychopath and he doesn't care about other people's lives and he might just launch a nuke. We might as well with that therefore. We We've justified now bombing his country to, to smithereens before no, he can No, because that's us. other people that aren't him. It absolutely justifies killing him. You think it doesn't justify just killing a, a politician if they're threatening to kill you? I think it's no, justified. No, no, no. We're not talking about someone who's threatening to kill anybody here. Remember, we're talking about someone who has not made any threats whatsoever, but we know they're crazy and they have a, a weapon in their, in their possession. I am saying that I think it's defensive to before it happens because they aren't in their right mind. To take Neither that, is the, no, we don't know they'll hurt anyone. You don't know that they will, but are you going to just wait for it to happen? They're, it may not. They're happen. crazy. In which case, you just disarmed them without calls. Yeah, and they're they're it's like a super drunk person that can't be um, accountable for their own actions. I understand your point, but you're not. What you're talking about is defending an aggressive act, which is to say using aggression to stop this person from having a gun. You're using yeah, force against that person. But you're not going to just make them not have a gun forever. No, that's when true. When they sober up, when they get they sleep, have they'll have it back. 
No but it still requires it. aggression to take the gun from them. Whether yeah, you think it's justified see, or the not. The question isn't if, if it's justified. It's if it's defense or not. And but it, it's not it, it, it could totally be defense. That's, pre- that's a preemptive strike, Bonnie. It could be justified if just, aggression. If they're in their own house and right. have a, and they're super crazy, haven't slept in a couple days, that's one thing. But this guy was like climbing on your roof, wasn't he? He ended up doing that. He's climbing on your roof with a gun. He's trespassing. He's crazy. I I would take his gun and I wouldn't feel like I aggressed on him. We took the gun from him before he started climbing on the roof. But he was that crazy. He was that level of crazy. He was that out of his mind. But it's still aggression. It's also it's not aggression. aggression It's not aggression to take a a three year old a gun away from a three year old. Yes, it it is. No, it's not. Absolutely, it is. Anytime they can't use force. They cannot. Anytime you use force against somebody, you're using. It's not using. Anytime you no, that's absolutely not true. You can use force against somebody who is threatening you, and that's not okay, aggression. I'm talking about so, aggressive force. That that's where you're is, starting it. Aggressive force is when you start I'm, it. And you're you're saying that it's never okay to take a gun away from a three year old. I'm saying it absolutely is okay, and I'm saying this is where the non-aggression principle does not apply. I think it absolutely applies. This person... You're, you're just bending the definition of aggression, then, in order to try to pretend like it's not applying here. No, I'm not, because a little kid can't like make the decision themselves, a three-year-old, to understand that like if I shoot somebody, it could kill them, unless they like have really good parents. Okay. That's one thing. Let's say a drunk three-year-old. like Absolutely no possible way that this person knows what they're doing. Um, you can take the gun away from a drunk three-year-old because they do not have the capacity to have ownership over their own actions in that moment. And they could Still hurt an aggressive someone. Act. It's not aggressive because it's defensive. If they no. could hurt you. The child has not, as you pointed out, the child has not actually done anything. And the, then the crazy person had not done anything. They're just walking around with a gun swinging around in their baby hand and they're drunk. That's a really bad situation. You should stop that. That's a horrifying situation. You should stop that from happening, and that violates the non-aggression principle. No, it doesn't. And it's totally fine. It doesn't violate the non-aggression principle for a three-year-old to have that has a gun and a and is drunk to be disarmed. Sure, it does. In the same way that you would violate the non-aggression principle if you push somebody out of the way of a coming bus to stop them from getting hit by the bus. You saved their life, but you violated the non-aggression principle. I don't actually think that's true either. Okay, well, you don't understand what the definition of aggression is, or at least you're not agreeing with me and Aria as to what the definition is. It's a it's aggression to push someone out of the way, and uh, they don't yes. see that a, a van is coming. Correct. That would be aggression. By it definition. would be aggression. Yeah, the idea to... is that your intentions don't matter. Like what you're literally doing is you are literally putting your hands on them and physically moving them without their consent. Yeah. You're you're defending them. In you're that. presuming that they would appreciate that in the future, but you didn't have time to have a chat with them about whether or not you could do that. You just took it upon yourself to use force against another human being. But using force isn't always aggression. It, the, the intention absolutely matters. In the case of starting When you it, move Bonnie, a box, you're between, using force. But the difference between using force in defensive purposes and the different and using it for other purposes where you try to start something, it's the aggressor who starts a thing. But it's not okay? harming the person to be pushed out of the way of the bu- bu- bus unless them. you're... You might, you might scrape them when they fall to the ground. They might break their arm. Yeah, it you, it you might. might break you're the rib. one presuming that. You don't know what's going to happen when you use that level of force against somebody. You're just trying to save that person from getting hit by the bus. But the way you're defining force is basically just any time you put action into the world. That's what force is, yes. So is it 
aggression every time I move that chair? No. No, the chair doesn't have a, Is it aggression uh, anytime I shake someone's hand when they're, you know, they didn't verbally give me the... Uh, yeah, that would be if you didn't, if they didn't put their hand then out. Then you're you using you the word it. aggression wrong. If you if somebody doesn't put their hand out and you went and you grabbed their hand, that's an aggressive. No, act. I didn't say that you went out and grabbed their hand. I said I didn't verbally get permission. Well, there are ways to consent to something that aren't verbal. Okay, right? what like if somebody's facing away from you and you just tap their shoulder and say, "Hey, oh hey, it's me." That that's aggression. You touched their shoulder without asking them, and they didn't look, and you did it, took it upon yourself to touch them, Ian. Technically, that's an assault, yeah. No, it's not. If it's unwanted, then it I is I think the assault. intentions are absolutely important in whether or not it's a gr- assault. You would seriously think it was fine for the police to shoot somebody for no, tapping somebody else on the shoulder? No, I don't think that would be fine at all. There has to be a an appropriate response. So generally when you have um, somebody using an aggressive act against somebody, the only response that is acceptable is that is concomitant with the force that was used. So if somebody taps you on the shoulder, they don't have the right to turn around and jack you in the face. Okay? That's just not uh, an acceptable use of force in in response. Not an acceptable defensive force. It doesn't case. make that thing aggression. I, I, I don't, I, you have not convinced it's me not that that's aggression It's not the level of aggression yet. as uh, slugging somebody. No, but you haven't convinced me that it's aggression at all to tap someone on the... personal space. Shoulder. I, I don't think that violating someone's personal space it's is necessarily aggression. If somebody comes and stands as... next to me in a public place and I think that they smell uh, bad. No, even if they don't smell bad. If somebody comes up and stands next to me in a public place and I don't like that person, and I don't want them standing next to me. It's not aggression until I say like, hey, dude, get out of the way. And then they're like, no, I'm standing right next to you. Yeah, that'd be aggression. But if them, they just walked up right next to me and didn't know I didn't like them, it's not aggression. Well, standing next to you wouldn't be, but if they... That's touch, invading my personal they, space. That's what Ian said makes the other thing aggression. Well, you literally touch them. Okay, in, in standing example, to where we're right? shoulder to shoulder. Is that aggression? If, mm, if there's a not if you're big in like a people, concert or something like that. No, I think in that case there's an You're accept, violating that person's There's a social acceptance of being What if we're just in the park and there's someone? a bunch of people together and someone comes up and stands next to you? So when you don't like or want next to you, they don't know that. You mm, haven't verbally to you told them isn't, that. Isn't um and, an no, and touching act. shoulder to shoulder is what I just said. That's touching you. No, was it an accident or was it done on purpose? It, they didn't know that you were not going to like it when you tapped them on the shoulder when you're facing the other way. So it could be an accident that the, you didn't like it. But you should always have someone's consent before you touch them, right? What's that, Major? It, it sounds like a little kid's game. I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. I remember when my kids used to tease each other doing that kind mm-hmm. of stupid I'm making it as simple as possible so we can define things. Right. That's all. Yeah, I, I, I have to agree. I think you should. We don't always do it, obviously, right? We assume that touching someone's shoulder or tapping them on the shoulder, it's such a minor aggression that they're not going to flip out and break our wrist for doing so. But it, yes, in an ideal society, you'd be like, excuse me, and get their attention without physically touching them. Because some people, I work with some of these, they hate being touched. I, I understand like it's that. A, it's a complex with them, and it will send them running and crying and stuff. Right? I it understand that, and I've met people like that too that really don't like being touched, but I still would not ever define it as aggression. Even if you didn't know that this was somebody who really doesn't like being touched, and you just saw them, you're like, touched them on the sh- shoulder and said, hey, it's me. Hey, I just want to you know whatever I don't know I'm just like thinking of why you would need to touch someone on the uh, shoulder even if they really didn't like it I wouldn't consider that aggression because you're not harming them you're not taking anything from them their consent 
is what, are you, what is taken from them? Yeah. What's hey, taken from them? Their, their bodily right I, to not be touched, to control who touches their body. Okay, but so here's the definition of aggression for you, Bonnie, from the dictionary. Hold on, Major Payne. Hold on. So definition of aggression is any offensive action, attack, or offensive. procedure, an inroad or encroachment. So while a touch on the shoulder certainly doesn't rise to the level of an attack. Are you going to finish not, the definition? That's definition two. Uh, that was the finished definition. It certainly does not rise to the level of an attack, and I don't think anyone would say that's an attack, but it is an encroachment upon that person's bodily self. And, you know, it's not a big deal when you just touch somebody on the shoulder. For most people, you're probably not going to get somebody to hit you in uh, in response to that. But it is an encroachment upon that person. I think anything somebody did to harm me for touching them on the shoulder back is the actual act of initiation of aggression. If I just see someone didn't know they didn't like me. I, I would say that that would also be an aggression if you can't turn around and slug somebody for touching you. You know, I, I don't think that would be a considered a defensive move. I would say even if somebody just touching went, like, on the shoulder does not require a defensive move. If if it doesn't def- it require a defensive move, I don't see how it could possibly be aggression. Like but if somebody even knocking just knocking your hand away, for example, like, that don't would, touch me. I would say mm-hmm. that that's that's the aggression there too. No, I would say that's that's legitimate in that case. Don't don't touch, don't touch me, me. moving I mean, my yeah, hand forcefully. The amount of force or whatever, the amount of violence that is necessary to stop the unwelcome ha- act from happening. That's what's necessary. Right? Is but not, is defense. In this case, I don't think that there's really any defense against it because the person just tapped you. It's over. You can't do anything about it. I didn't say somebody comes and leaves their hand on you. That's a lot weirder. Well, it depends on how fast your, your reflexes are and how fast they're moving their hand. I guess right, mm-hmm. like. You could absolutely yeah. knock I it away I could catch or somebody yeah. if I was paying attention for sure. So I don't know. What else, Major? Yeah, everybody on earth would think yeah. you guys were the weird ones for that. But Maybe. I know that's a... That's, a, um, that's why libertarians that, I'm are I'm not weird. saying that that's logical. That's an appeal to most people think, thinking. But I don't... I'm just not going to agree that that's aggression. Okay. Major? I'll give it to you. I'm definitely weird, so I'd... I'd, I'd not surprised to hear it. And I know lots of people don't like that. That's why I personally wouldn't go and do that. But I, w- there's no circumstance on earth where that's aggression that needs to be defended against. And I think the person in the wrong against. would be the person who slapped my hand off. For- I think your mistake is by thinking that all aggression needs to be defended against. And it doesn't. Yeah, if most, someone, in I mean, most cases it does, but in worst some case cases scenario, it if you are one of these people that's like triggered or whatever by someone touching you, knocking their hand away, it's like commiserate to the act, right? Uh, yeah. And I guess that's technically defense, but I, I don't think that anyone would be an would, acceptable defense. That would be the only yeah. level of acceptable defense. It would be to brush the person away, and to I'm, turn around and to slug them would be an escalation. And I don't think Ian or me or anyone would look at that situation and go, "All right, well, this was a felonious assault." No, and for sure not. You called it an assault. That's why I... That's the legal so definition. I said felonious assault the, as well. It's the legal definition of uh, of a battery, actually, I think, technically would be the, the term. But anyway, it depends on the jurisdiction. Major Payne, uh, you've just been listening here. Go ahead. Yeah, can we get back close to the original topic? We were talking about the homeless. You guys know what Where a shanty town is, right? <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay, you ever heard of a Hooverville? Yes, it was like a, during Hoover, during the like uh, Great Depression yeah, during, and stuff. During, during the when the, when the banks all failed and everything went to hell in a handbasket, well, the the uh, the people that really got screwed, they all of New York Central Park was at Hooverville, and uh, all around Washington they built a Hooverville, and what it was was the U.S. veterans from World War One had been promised a bonus. 
or sticking out the whole hitch, right? Resigning up or whatever, fighting to the end. And they'd never gotten a dime. And, it, you know, the bottom fell out of everything. And they're living in shacks by the river. And they don't own the river. And, uh, you know, so it, it, and the way the banks are going right now, we might be having another Hooverville, but we'll call mm-hmm. it Biden Holla. One other thing I was thinking about in this concept of not having, you know, public property is like, how does this work? Like if we did have a city and let's keep things simple and say it's just, you know, 10 miles by 10 miles, it's just perfectly square and everybody's bought their lots in perfect squares and whatever, and everything is privately owned. How do you get from person A's house to person B's house without literally trespassing on someone's private property? Well, you would have to have people who allowed for people to walk on their property. No, I think it, at least in like what the thing I was talking about, like if I made Bonneville in New Hampshire, I think that somebody would need to own a large swath of that and be responsible for roads and sidewalks and stuff like that. Yeah, you have I mean, to create easements. It would be private property or public property. I mean, sorry, it would be private property, but it would be bought and developed and maintained with the idea that people are allowed to use it. Either they had to pay or there'd be some other more creative uh, method for people to, or for the person who owns it to be reimbursed for the labor they put into the land there. Yeah. It's hard to say how, you know, there's been a lot of theory, right? A bunch of like square, like uh, campsites that everybody owns their own just wouldn't be able to work without people, you know, cooperating together that's true as well that such a situation would really never come up organically the so yeah. it was just a random thought i had and you both the businesses on the roads want customers right so they have the incentive to ensure that whatever thoroughfares are connecting these businesses together are going to be welcoming to people to transact and, and drive or walk uh, on those places, and hopefully they'll be innovative and come up with ways that keep people safer, uh, that would make people like Sarah happy at the same time, uh, with uh, with also not doing crazy, stupid stuff like arresting people for speeding or driving without a permit or anything like that. So I think we we would it would be interesting to see the kind of innovation that the market would come up with, uh, you know, what kind of road types there would be, or different technologies that have never actually been tried, but people have talked about over the years with regard to Flying cars. Yeah, that's another potential option. Absolutely. That one seems like it would be almost certain if it wasn't for like the FAA FAA? and government Mm -hmm. regulation in general. I've got two more things to say about the aggression conversation (laughs) in the last two minutes. Thank you, Major, for the call tonight. I appreciate it, man. Two things. Two things have to come into play when we decide if it's aggression tapping somebody's shoulder Two, two different things. One is common sense, and two is the fact that we are humans and we are animals, but we have a neocortex. That other, it is an, it's the newest part of the brain. A lot of animals don't have it at all, reptiles, hmm. and it's what makes us human. And Dogs don't have a don't, neocortex? I don't remember. I don't know exactly if a dog does. I didn't hmm. look into every type brain type, but it's the newest out of human evolution, it's the newest part of the brain. That's why it's called the neocortex. It makes you human. We have the ability for higher thinking. That, that's what I said. I don't know. Okay. I know dogs have a pineal gland. I'm not sure if that's in But I mean, some other animals have it. Some other animals do. Reptiles don't. They just have like basically the amygdala. Apparently um, I'm just all saying, mammals I mean, have uh, a neocortex. It oh, isn't what makes us humans. Okay. Then. Well, for whatever reason, 
you don't have we don't we have the biggest ones and we have access and the ability to it more than other animals do i okay. didn't know that every other uh, animal had it but i knew it's the newest in human evolution it doesn't really matter about the brain type what i'm trying to say is we're humans and we have the only reason that we've risen above the other animals and kind of dominated them is because we have the ability for higher level thinking and we have mm-hmm. the ability for things like common sense to arrive it's common sense that if i'm uh looking towards you if, and we're like okay the whole sex thing do we need to have a written contract between each other that we both consent i hope not but nope. that's the direction things are going it's common sense to know we're making out where uh things are going from one thing to another and mm-hmm. it, it happens and we have sex it, it's it's you didn't have to have a written contract. Agreed. I don't have to have a written contract that if you're in public and you're at Pork Fest and you're standing there and I walk up and tap you on the shoulder, that it was okay for it to not be aggression. We're we're human beings. We're civil enough to where if we're in public if, or I'm, I'm walking up and I reach out and go to shake your hand, I don't need a a you know a written contract between you saying it's okay first or else you're gonna pop back at me and i know that hit punching is going to be an escalation of violence but i don't have to worry about that because no, we're I not gorillas don't think that you do but when you're making out with someone you are already engaged in committing an act with them like you are already doing a thing together that doesn't Regardless, necessarily mean that that person it, it is doesn't okay necessarily mean they want sex no but it, it does sort of help you think that that's that consent could be a you know, implied, but when you're out in public with someone, you're not engaging in any activity with them whatsoever. Well, plus, we're also talking about what's acceptable what socially here. We're talking about what's acceptable socially, and it may be acceptable socially most of the time to touch somebody on the shoulder. But what if somebody comes up and cups your uh, your rear end <laughs> in that case? Right, it's just a touch. <laughs> out of time for uh, for tonight. The numbers uh, we'll tell you that tomorrow. Uh, Ari and I will be back probably with Mark tomorrow night online. In the meantime, you can join us over at freetalklive.com. You want to move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate well i know a guy who's really great it's the realtor mark ward now you can learn more about the awesome things happening here in new hampshire in our march toward liberty in our lifetime our friends at porcupine real estate are hosting a series of webinars to educate you on the expanded freedoms enjoyed by new hampshire citizens reserve your seat today at move.freetalklive.com Topics include gun freedom, medical freedom, and political freedom victories. They also have a couple on best practices for moving to the free state and finding housing. These webinars are super helpful and free to attend once you've registered at move.freetalklive.com. Visit their YouTube channel, Porcupine Real Estate, for videos from past presentations and sign up for upcoming webinars for free at move.freetalklive.com. Porcupineralestate.com